Good morning. In less than an hour, the aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind. That word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July. And you will be once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression or persecution. But from annihilation. We are fighting for a right to live. To exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday. But as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We are going to live on. We are going to survive. Today, we celebrate our independence day. Words to live by, my friends. Words to follow. It is uh, 5 minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and this, the month of July, the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed, yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970. The Talker, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It is Friday, and welcome to Day 12. Eh? The best part about that whole opening, apart from everything, is how when he says... I can't really do the voice, but when he says American holiday, like he sounds all angry about it. He was very angry. Like somebody's carrying just the slightest bit of grudge. I mean, I'm just saying. All right. In any event, I've also got that same guy doing the Mr. Anderson. Uh, humans are a virus. I've got him doing that. And I think I've got him doing the um, the Al Pacino speech from any given Sunday. It's, it's all this same guy where it's like a course in accenting and linguistic delivery using pop culture. It's kind of a cool idea. But I've got the I've got the same guy doing that um, the Al Pacino thing where he's going, we fight and crawl for those inches. That one. Maybe I'll play that next week. Oh, by the way, coming up uh, next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, it's going to be a trilogy of openers. Next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, a story in three parts. Uh, at the top of Monday show, Tuesday show, and Wednesday shows. Editing it, uh, editing it uh, together last night. As we'll do that. All right. Hello. It is. <coughs> Sorry. That cough kind of came out of my mouth before I could even reach for the button. Uh, hello, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. We are here uh, in Portland, Oregon. It is uh, Friday, and uh, thank you for being out there. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. If you'd like to join us today with your comments, questions, clarifications, kvetches, two cents, observations, ruminations, recipes, uh, forebodings of doom, Whatever it is you might have rattling around uh, inside your brain today you want to share with all your compatriots. It's 
970. 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the vaguely threatening, uh, the whatever it is you have. It's 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T. Uh, at 9.70.am. Here's what's coming up in today's cavalcade of whimsy. Uh, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent James Roop uh, from Los Angeles today. Let's see. Uh, what else do we have? We have... I'm sorry. I got a little something in my throat. Just give me one moment. Ah. All right. There we go. Uh, Jim Roop from Los Angeles today. Uh, we'll do the uh, top five as well. Uh, in aid of Sarah Dillon's sojourn to Bremerton this weekend for her 10th annual, uh, well, not 10th annual, 10th, I 10th high school reunion. I've been okay about it, but now I, I'm kind of nervous. I have to say, I've been For what reason would you possibly be nervous? I don't know. I just, uh, you know, it's just a lot of, no, no, it's just, I hate talking to a lot of people. So, I mean, I'm just like starting to think of all the people that I actually do know from high school. It's like, oh, God, I'm going to hear them talk about their kids. Actually, I'm not nervous so much. It's just a little fear, feeling of dread. Well, I think that's the same thing. I think dread and I think feeling nervous and feeling dread are variations on a theme. I think it's... So let me ask you no, this. I'm, I'm excited, but because yeah, I always get along with Tanea, that's fine. I haven't seen my friend Jason, who I'm going with for a while. So, I mean, it's always that thing like, oh, are we still, you know, right. still going to be friends? Which I, I know that we will be, but still, it's just that kind of... Wait, so no, I don't understand. So Jason doesn't live here? No, Jason lives in California. All right. So let me back up for a second before we just dive headlong into this. So if you are going to your high school reunion this weekend in Bremerton... Um, It'd be interesting to see if there's anybody else who actually is in the, the Bremerton class of 98. Hi, I'm old. Um, as are we all. Uh, who's uh, going to the reunion this weekend? But it's you and your friend today who didn't go there, but it's just a friend of yours who's going along. She, she went to the same high school I did, but she graduated the year before. All right. Uh, and then your friend Chris. Jason. Jason yeah. Uh, from California. Mm-hmm. Now, have you been keeping in touch with him? How is it that Jason from California is going to Bremerton with oh, you? We're friends on the Space, and then I haven't talked to him. Um, I don't know. Last time I saw him was a few years back. He's I hope it's not that thing where you kind of get along online in a very limited sense, but as soon as you're in a car together for like four hours, you're just like, oh, God. No, no. There will be much wine involved, and I think I think it'll be fun. All right. Fantastic. Uh, so uh, coming up later on the day, we'll have uh, Jim Roop from CNN. We'll have the top five slow dance songs from Sarah Dillon's Senior like Prom. Top five dance songs from Sarah Dillon's Senior Prom. Uh, that's coming up. Aaron Geek in the City Duran uh, will join us today. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, the X Files. I want to believe, which opens. It doesn't even really open so much as it's just kind of escaping because there's been. I mean, not a whole lot of, of, of promotion about it. I mean, there's been some. And I hadn't really. I think everything's just sort of in the shadow of the Dark Knight. I think it, that movie is just kind of completely overwhelmed. I mean, as much as I love Wally, which really is a masterpiece, that had like one week in the spotlight, and then everything just got blown out of the water by the Dark Knight. So, I mean, which is fine. I have no. I have no quarrel nor beef with that. Uh, Geek Watch coming up today. Penis Watch coming up today. Uh, Cannibal Watch today. I think quite possibly Religious Nut Watch coming up today. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else? Um, we didn't do um, we didn't do High Concept Thursday, so we might d- uh, do that today. Uh, we've got this Lost Boys audio to get to. Also today, uh, we will have a copy of Lost Boys 2, The Tribe, uh, that we'll be giving away. That'll go out to uh, one random caller today. One random caller who gets on the air will win a copy of The Lost Boys 2, The Tribe. Prepare to sink your teeth into the long-awaited and highly anticipated next chapter of the cult phenomenon started by the 1987 cult classic The Lost Boys when Warner Premier's Lost Boys, The Tribe, arrives on Blu-ray and DVD July 29th. 
That is next Tuesday. The Warner Home Video, the all-new chapter stars Tad Hilgenbrink and Angus Sutherland, with appearances by Corey Haim and Corey Feldman as Edgar Frog. Uh, these will not be available to be picked up until next Wednesday, but you will win that today. One random on-air caller today will win a copy of Lost Boys 2, uh, The Tribe. Have you seen it yet? Uh, no. I want to see it. I don't even know if we... No, they're not... I don't even think we have them. I don't oh, think they're okay. even in the house. Um, I, I don't think... I think they're being shipped, but I don't think they've arrived yet. So, no, I haven't seen it. Uh, Tim Riley working in the following stories for your edification today. A manhunt is underway in Hillsborough for a madman on the loose. Sam Adams is pushing for a charge on grocery bags here in Portland. A house collapses around the Salem family, trapping them inside. Terra at 20,000 feet. A Boeing 747 makes an emergency landing in the Philippines. After a hole big enough to drive a small car through appears in the fuselage, this follows an explosion. Luggage comes up through the floor. Oxygen mass dropped on horrified passengers. Everybody's all right. Remake news. Okay, we know about the remake for RoboCop. Also, a new Rocky Horror Picture Show. Anchorman. Oh, my God. No! No! Well, wait, it's not a remake, though. It's just a sequel. The return of Ron Burgundy is in the works. Okay, but see, I don't feel bad about funny. that. It might be funny. You know, at the very least, it's going to be moderately amusing. That's the thing. No, no, no. See, uh, for a minute there, I thought it was like we were entering some weird best week ever VH1 hell dimension where a movie from three years ago was going to be remade. But here's the best thing of all, and we probably won't get to see it. Ready? The Russian version of The Office is now being shot in that country. <laughs> what on earth could that be? Why you not put cover on TPS? Or your whole family will be incarcerated in Dacha. <laughs> you know, I feel bad for the Russians sometimes because, it, because at least given their depiction on this program, they've just been reduced to the level of vodka-swilling barbarians. <laughs> As they always have been. Well, that's. I mean, here's the thing: is I'll get to go first. I'll get to see it firsthand uh, sometime next year. So now, Laura and I are looking at going to Russia. Uh, and here's the thing: somebody asked me the other day why. And then we'll get uh, phone calls and more here in a second. We'll talk more about Sarah's high school reunion, which is coming up. Um, but somebody. Oh, and I, and I have good guest news uh, for next week. Um, but somebody asked me since you know, because I'm not really into traveling, and I'm not. You know, I'm kind of an ugly American. I just want to sit at, just sit at home on my couch and not talk to anybody. And, and I went, you know, and I went to Europe uh, with, with Laura. I went to London, and uh, that was the, a tremendous experience. I went to, yeah, I went to Scotland and I went to Loch Ness. It was all very cool. But th- that being said, it's like, and I and I and I almost hesitate to talk about this because I feel like it makes me seem like a jerk somehow, and I, and I really don't want to do that. It's just I know that there is this sort of anticipate. There was a word like that. Anticipatory. Anticipation. Anticipatory. Wow, it's Friday. Way. All right, I'm just on anticipation. On is some sort of linguistic word. fumes today? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, if you hear any bustling, by the way, Matt Green is in the studio today, adjusting a little bit of our microphone processing as we speak. But I think there was some sort of this this sort of anticipation that I would go and I would uh, travel or I would see another country, and then it would activate some dormant switch inside my head, and I would then have the urge to travel much more, which. You know, the better or worse, it hadn't hadn't really happened. Like uh, having seen Scotland or England or whatever, it's, I don't, I still don't really feel compelled to, to, to travel. It's just not my thing. That being said, I have always wanted to see Russia, which is ironic because the, what's his name from Russia uh, always wanted to see Montana. So, um, so, so I always have kind of wanted to see Russia, and finally, we're just gonna kind of put the rubber to the road. And next July, I think. Uh, Laura and I will be uh, traveling to the Soviet motherland uh, just to, you know, to see. And, and you know, it probably... Now, you have been... Have you been to Russia itself, Tim? No, I've been to the border. 
to the My border. relatives did not want to cross the border <laughs> after being <laughs> occupied by them for 50 years. That wasn't that wasn't on the list of things to I, do. I suppose that I suppose that is true. Probably no after real. Losing half of their house, having someone go and cinder block half their house, telling them they only had half the living space because the people needed the rest. No, they they didn't really want to take me to go visit Russians. Having, having Stalin eat your great uncle. Um, having that that uh, that scary Eastern Bloc phone ring and knowing that someone just died and nobody knows why. Or just sitting there looking at the clock, shuffling your feet nervously, waiting for father to come home. And then eventually realizing there was no more father. So, um... Last scene at railroad station. <laughs> last, last scene being shoved into trunk of KGB car. <laughs> um... So, th- that being said, I realize Russia, in reality, probably doesn't bear a lot of relation to the, to the sort of magical, mythical Russia in my head. I mean, I know that I'm going to get there, and it's going to be a, a thing that I didn't expect, and it's not going to look anything like I thought it would, and maybe it'll suck, and maybe it's just going to be splintery toilet paper and borscht for two weeks. Uh, but, you know, th- who knows? You know, as, as Henry Rollins once said, uh, you never know if you don't go. That, so. that part of the world will be memorable for the rest of your life. <laughs> really? Tell me you have not unlike a bad case of diphtheria. <laughs> that, uh, you'll just you'll go to my you know I mean, the biggest stores are for flowers for funerals. <laughs> Do a bristling uh, a bustling business in bullets and uh, and bereavement bouquets. I had to work really hard to make that alliterative just there. You're doing well. Uh, yeah, you'll look at my um, space like I'll have a Twitter account and it'll just you know it's, it's just be like just a flat line. That's all it'll be. All right. In all fairness, it could be all westernized by the time you get there. You have died of dysentery. Uh, in any event, I don't even know why I brought that up. So I'm going to be going to Russia at some point uh, next year, so we have that to look forward to. Uh, this weekend, though, Sarah's going to Bremerton. Oh, boy. It's so, one little mini Russia. So uh, let me ask you this. So you graduated in 98. Yes. So, uh, I mean, have you kept... How many people would you say from high school you have kept in touch with? And by in touch, I mean you talk to them more than a couple times a year. In my grade? Yeah. None of them. So is it now, is it morbid curiosity? Is it's that totally the deal? morbid curiosity. Like, I'll see a lot of people from Bremerton, uh, like, when I go up for the holidays. Because, you know, like, every Christmas we'll, like, rent out a, a bar and I'll see, like, a bunch of my friends. So, I mean, I'll see people from my high school, but I don't really keep in touch. Like, uh, Jason and I will write, like, every once in a while. Tanae is the, mostly the person that I see. Uh, right. My friend Desiree, actually, I see her every once in a while, too, and she was in my grade. Uh, so she's going to be there as well. All right. I don't know. It's going to be weird. And, like, um, there's a website that I've been looking at it and seeing all the people with all their kids and stuff. It's so you've seen updated photographs. So a lot of that, see, because it used to be, like, back when the, when I first started getting solicited to go to reunions, the, the Internet was still enough in its infancy that you couldn't go online and immediately. Like, there was no, like, I wasn't on MySpace or anything, so you couldn't go and see what anybody looked like. So that's... No, here you, yeah, here you can. Have you already looked up a whole bunch of people just to see what they, just to see if the skinny girl got most, fat? No, most of the people, well, that was the other high school I went to. This girl, Mindy, she's such a bitch to me. And she was, like, full-on anorexic, and she was, like, this little stick girl, and she was a cheerleader. Has, she, think... has she defeated anorexia? Has she, <laughs> she conquered it? She conquered that battle. <laughs> she is huge. She has to be pushing at least, like, the three, like 300 pounds. Good for you, Mindy. Mm. Uh, I, want, I almost, like, sometimes I just want to write to her and be like, hi, Mindy. <laughs> and just an email that just you? says, hi. Ah, uh, would you like some turkey? Having a tough time with that baby weight. <laughs> I, see, I see there's more of you to love, Mindy. Uh, all right. Uh, well, yeah. let's... Uh, but I did find the, the top five flow songs, too, and they're all... I'm, now I'm in kind of a weird weird disarray because I'm flashing back to high school. These are the top five slow dance songs from your prom. That I remember very, very right. much so from my prom. So we'll do that. Uh, we have to talk to Richie Bristol today because everybody's leaving. I'm going to Kennewick tomorrow. You're going to Bremerton tomorrow today? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. 
Uh, Richie's going to Vegas tomorrow. He's going to be gone all next week. We'll be graced by Timmy Ryan and Adam from the Pimp Squad. Uh, we'll be uh, covering covering for him. Um, Jesus, uh, just a couple other things, and then we'll get calls for you. The people calling, they're on hold. Uh, we'll get to those in a second. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, who, what do we want to hear first, the good guest news or the goddamn I'm old fun fact? Fun fact. Fun fact. You know that kid on the cover of Nirvana's Nevermind? He's 17. <laughs> I saw an interview with that kid this morning. His name is Spencer Eldon. Uh, he's the kid with his... Uh, with his, his, his business was hanging out. Was it the out. kid of um, like one of his buddies or something? It was the guy who the guy who was doing the cover art for Nirvana's Nevermind. He was a photographer, and literally it was like, "Hey, uh, you still got that baby? Uh, yeah. Hey, I'll give you two hundred dollars if I can photograph his winky." Uh, and so they just put him in the swimming pool. Bam! Shot of the kid, uh, and it's on the cover of Nevermind. It's an interview today with that kid. His name is his name is Spencer Eldon. He is seventeen, about to graduate from high school. And I don't know why. I mean, that shouldn't make me feel especially old, but Jesus. Because that cover of the Nevermind album is just so iconic. And, I mean, you got to figure that baby has just been seen by a billion sets of eyeballs. And so you look at that guy, and I think he's in military school now, and it's all just, it's all very weird. So there you go. So let's all feel old together about that. Um, and finally, Tim, this is for you before we get to these phone calls. I have a guest happening next week on this program, and I'll let you pick the day we do it. Tim, how would you like to talk to... This won't mean anything to you, by the way, Sarah. You... Okay. How will you? How would you like to talk to Ron Dante? Maybe. Well, that was underwhelming. That was less <laughs> less than the response I expected. Oh, sh- should I want to speak with him more? Okay, now look, you bastard. I think I think a few weeks ago we were preparing this list of dream interviews, and I do believe he was one of your three dream interviews. Are you sure? Well, no, but I'm I'm fairly certain that that was the case. Well, never mind. Maybe, <laughs> no, uh, maybe we won't talk to Ron Dante. Okay, I can't. He is my... appearing at the uh, the Iowa State Fair. I don't think I have. August seventh and eighth. I don't. I don't think I have the list of dream. Inter- oh wait, here we go. Hold on, let's see. Oh no, he's not. Yours are Marie Osmond, Walter Cronkite, and Jack Nicholas. <laughs> Jack Nicholas, the golfer? No, Jack, Jack Nicholson. Nicholson. You must have met Jack Nicholson. I think Tim, I, or I think Richie wrote Man, Jack there Nicholas. There are a lot of mistakes going on here. <laughs> All right, well, never mind. Aww. Well, we're going to be talking no, to. I'd be pleased no, to speak you know with what, Mr. Don't, you don't have to lie to me, Tim. No, you, you know, don't turn the studio into a house of deception. <laughs> Knowing that he's playing at the Iowa State Fair, I must. Speak with I'm him. I'm picking up on your Not sarcasm, and it's, it's not appreciated. And then he's going to be on the big carnival cruise from Long Beach to Mexico. You know, I'm not here to be made sport of, Tim. I'm not here to be made the object of your fun. That's a good name, though, Ron Dante. Whatever. He was the lead singer of the Archies, by the way. He was the lead uh, singer of the Archies. He, he, you know, he sings all the backup vocals on Mandy by Barry Manilow. He uh, produced a Pat Benatar. He, pro- he, pro- he produced Bad Benatar. He produced Cher. Uh, and let's see what else. On the Archie song Jingle Jangle, he sings all of the vocals, including the vocals of Betty and Veronica. You listen to Jingle Jangle by the Archies, as I know you all do on a daily basis. You listen to Betty and Veronica, not Betty and Veronica, not even women. It's Ron Dante. Well, whatever. I'm going to be interviewing Ron Dante. I was. I had this whole story set up about how I, I I emailed him. Can I just tell you this? I emailed Ron Dante's people last night to say my newsman is a huge fan of Ron Dante. <laughs> oh, no. Could our news director loves Ron Dante? Couldn't possibly be more excited. And can I tell you, Ron Dante himself emailed me back. Ron Dante wrote you in like seven minutes. I mean, I sent the email to his people, not even to him, to his folks. And I got up, went to use the bathroom, came back to the bathroom. Email from Ron Dante. At like rondante.com or to Rick, I'd love to come on the show. You let me know what works for you. 
And I said, that's great, because Tim Riley couldn't possibly big, be a bigger Ron Dante fan. I mean, <laughs> okay, I will off become, the charts. I will become a bigger Ron Dante fan between now Over the and weekend. then. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I don't, I don't need to be condescended to. <laughs> oh, no. All right. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Well, let's do a couple of these here, and then we'll take a break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, this me. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you doing a comical accent? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure. But, I thought it was just a bad cell connection. How can I help you, sir? <laughs> well, this morning I was the crappiest news. I have to get back surgery, and then my wife turned on the show. It's like you gotta, you gotta listen to this, and and I heard the funniest thing ever. And, and part of it is because I grew up in Japan, and Japanese. Oh, you're wife, talking. So. Are you you're talking about the the uh, the Independence the Day speech as done in a sort of? I think it's by a Japanese. I, I, because here's the thing: is the guy's head is the back of his head is all you see. His his face is fa when you watch this video. What you see is it's a camera shot from behind the guy as he has headphones on, watching a subtitled Independence Day. So you you only see the back of his head. <laughs> so, so I'm weird. I'm unclear about whether it is you know like an English speaker learning the Japanese accent by. In other words, by practicing on Amer on English phrases, or if it is a Japanese speaker learning English by dint of using like American action films, I, I can't really tell. Uh, but the accent is fantastic, regardless. Yes. Oh yeah, very very real, very. very I'll play cool. another one. I'll, I'll play <laughs> another one next week. Cheered me up. All right. Well, based <laughs> based on your experience with Japan, would you say that that is someone uh, who is a native speaker of Japanese or someone who is a native speaker of English? Uh. I think it was pretty real. I think it's it's it, it's very possible that it was a Japanese speaker who uh, was then learning English by watching learning. Independence Day, which really is the yeah. best. If you have, I mean, really, if you're going to learn English, what better way than by watching Independence Day? That really is that is the most American way to learn this language of ours. So yeah. All right. That's that, that and anything with Arnie. When is your uh, when's your back surgery, sir? Uh, next Thursday. All right. Well, good luck with that. I hope that the anesthesiologist doesn't put you too far under, because then you'll yeah. be paralyzed, uh, but still <laughs> conscious and able to feel the blades going into your body. Oh, I hope to be asleep, but anyway. Yeah, we all uh, hope for things. Rick Emerson. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> taking a... Very, a big deal. It's not like he's going to get his teeth cleaned. I'm taking my Ron Dante anger out on, on Sky. You, you guys with your morbid sense of humor, it always puts me in a good mood. You know, right. Keep it up. Uh, yeah. That's Matt with a scalpel. Thank you. All right. Well, best of luck, my friend. Thank you, sir. All right. There you go. There's that guy. Um, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, Rick, about Russians being these uh, vodka-swilling people. You said that. I didn't say that. Yeah, well, I, I'm just going to prepare you for Russia. I, I was in Russia. I went to, like, I'll give you an example. I went to an opera house in Odessa. Uh-huh. Very, very nice marble floors. I mean, just fantastic. Uh, oh, what a performance. I go at, you know, the intermission. Everybody comes running into the lobby, and they have these, like, about a dollar a, a shot of vodka just lined up by the hundred shots of vodka. Well, it, it, it does <laughs> then, seem to be part of the Russian culture, I will then, say uh, that. And then I think, oh, I, let's go to the restroom, you know. Go in, you know, big fancy restroom, marble floors in the restroom, and everything. I open up the stall. It's a hole in the ground. <laughs> I, this can't be right. I go to the next stall. I open it up. Yeah, there's a hole in the ground. That's they don't fantastic. have toilets. Gonna get your squat on. There are places to put your feet though in the cement. Really, so like you know exactly <laughs> how to like, squat. Is it like Arthur Murray dance mm -hmm. steps on the yeah. floor? <laughs> That's fantastic. Let me let me spread a little wider. All right, there we go. 
Excellent. I'm looking forward to it already. Thank you, sir. Have a good time. All right, there you go. Uh, I'll play us into the break here. Uh, we'll come back after this with CNN Radio correspondent James Roop. Coming up later on, Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth, the Top 5 and more. Uh, Sarah Dillon's high school reunion happening this weekend. Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, 503-733-2970. Just a few moments. We'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent James Roop from Los Angeles. So did you want to guess who my sister saw at the bar last night? Oh, yeah. So we should back up for a second. So uh, what else is coming up? We're going to talk more about your high school reunion. Uh, see, here's the thing. At least with you, as opposed to Richie, we get the recap on Monday. Yeah. When are you coming back? Sunday night? A Sunday, early Sunday, because we have to keep working our soapbox star car. So that's coming up in like less than a month. So you're just going to the Saturday night event, which is what, like an all all ages, all family? No, no, no. The family, no, 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 no. The family is on Sunday, and there's there's something going on at Whaling Days tonight. Like meet at the beer garden, and if it isn't too late for you, we can go someplace else at like 9:30. I'm like really. No, I've never asked. Is that Whaling with an H or with an A I? 
Um, like whale, like whaling, whale. like a vast, like a like a whale. Like do a they fish. do whaling in Bremerton? No, no. I don't know why. I guess I never really investigated why. But there's a big sign when you drive into Bremerton that says "Home of the Whaling Days." I don't think you're allowed to have whaling days anymore. I think that's a. I think that's a thing. I think that I. I think that's a thing that maybe maybe you're not supposed to do now. Well, all right. Anyway, so. Uh, so uh, maybe they're just longing for. Past whaling days. So this is uh, so the thing you're going through on Saturday night is just the people with whom you went to high school and maybe their significant others or, or their plus ones or I whatever. Think so all right. So it's going to be me meeting a lot of people that I don't care to meet, talking to people that I don't care to talk to. And so I then have to ask you the same question I asked uh, Scott Daly, which is: Is there anybody hot you went to high school with that you're looking forward to seeing? No, I can't. You know. <laughs> well, that you just answer that's so sad. You just answer that so immediately. No. No, I mean no, there's there just, isn't. I'm curious to see how guys who looked like, you know, who were moderately attractive, how they turned out. Badly. That's yeah. the answer to that. They turned out bad. Uh, no one. I, I, here's the thing. is, I don't think anybody really gets better looking. I thought, no, role. no. I saw this one guy that went to school with that was a total, just like, he never talked to you. He was just like, you know, quiet, geeky guy in the corner, like big glasses, acne, whatever. He is he grew into his features. And now he has a wife and kids. Yeah. Of course he does. <laughs> but uh, he is a beautiful man. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles. Seeing the radio correspondent to the stars, James Roop. Hello, sir. At the other end of that scale. Yes. <laughs> I've grown out of my features, out of everything, grew out of my hair, grew out of really at all. Just I wasn't sort of... even a late bloomer. I just never bloomed at all. You know what I meant to do today, and I and I really honestly meant to, and then I realized I don't have any of this stuff. My mom's got it. Uh, hey, but you know what? Maybe here's the thing. I say this now, knowing that I will regret it later. But maybe if everybody's really nice to me. Uh, which is almost certainly not going to be the case. Maybe because Sarah's going to her high school reunion this Saturday, uh, and I'm going to my hideous, uh, godforsaken hometown this weekend. Maybe if everybody's really polite, I will uh, try to find a high school picture of me uh, that I can post. Um, and, and, and because I, don't, I really, honestly, don't have any of that stuff. I have yet. a high school picture of me actually. Is it hideous? Mm. See, mine are all hideous. Mine are just so... It's just kind of boring. As gangly and weird as I look now, you have no idea. Uh, because, like, I got the, the the nose that just goes for miles. And, and but fortunately, over time, I've put, on enough, I've put on enough weight that the nose seems relatively smaller. Uh, not so in high school. Because in high school, I was the worst... I looked like Ichabod Crane. I was just all, like, just all, like, arms and nose and, and zits and, and, like, a bad mullet. Uh, and then, of course, if you look at my... Especially my senior year photograph... It's especially righteous because I'm doing the thing of, like, I have the black trench coat, uh, but not just wearing the black trench coat, like Columbine style. I have the black trench coat thrown rakishly over my shoulder. No. Like, sort of like where you're using one finger to like hold it's, it. It's hooked onto Totally, there. exactly, like it's hooked onto my finger. Mine, I'm sitting on a chair, but not in the chair, but on the side of the chair, on, like, the arm. And Are I'm you draped church. over it? I have it in my email. I'll send it to you. Do you have the two? Did you ever, uh, and this goes for you too, Jim. Did you, this is probably maybe after your time, Jim, but did you ever get the photograph, Sarah, where it's it's like you looking at the camera, but then in the corner there's another, like a profile picture of you like yes. looking, looking at Jesus? Lisa Wood has the greatest one of those I have ever seen. It's really? an ice skater, and it's inside her head. And yeah. Skating inside. Sorry, Jim Roop. I never understood why that photograph was so popular. There were a couple of things that were really popular in the late 70s, early 80s. One is that sort of split perspective photograph where it's straight on, and then it's you turned, but again, always looking strangely like you're waiting for the rapture, like you're just sort of head tilted up as though angels are about to come for you. And then the thing of backlighting you so that your big, like, Sean Cassidy hair uh, can have this weird sort of halo-type glow around it. It's all very awkward. <laughs> all right. 
Uh, we were very poor. We had a guy with a 110 camera and a ro rotating cube flash. A 110 camera. <laughs> I had the 110 camera. Uh, I had the 110 camera, and then I had a 110. It was it was a hand-me-down from my grandmother. Um, and it was, like, I don't even think I had a camera case, but because she was, like, she wanted to look classy, uh, what my grandmother took, she took this sort of long, rectangular, like, case that she kept her cigarettes and her lighters in, and she sort of, like, cut the edges a little bit to sort of stretch it out and, like, claimed that that was the case for the camera. And, like, gave it to like, here you go, and it came, it comes with a case. And it's a case that's all stained with Marlboro smoke and everything. It's just awful. Um, yeah. You know, here's a question, and I, I know we're all, we're all over the place already today, but it's, uh, it's, it's, just the, it's just the way my brain sometimes operates. I got two things um, uh, before we talk about alcohol. Um, but A... You know, there's all of those, like, you know, there's, there's photographs that are just sort of laying everywhere, like, you know, in people's basements, in people's attics, at the Goodwill, at the Salvation Army, in boxes in garages that have been completely forgotten. I mean, there's probably, I would there were probably literally millions of photographs boxed up, shoved away, laying somewhere that, you know, future generations find. Or, you know, like, when you go to, like, you'll go into, like, antique stores and you see those weird sort of photos from the 30s and 40s or 20s that are sort of, you know, there that, that have become public domain or whatever. And you wonder if that's a thing that will no longer happen because everything is digital now. If there will no longer be discovered treasure troves of photographs in the future. Uh, not unless people find discarded computers. <laughs> places. I, you know, I think you're right. Mitch, I mean, I think that's a thing that, I mean, when people get rid of their computers, I think the first thing they do is that the hard drive gets wiped or it gets chucked or whatever, or they, uh, they recycle the parts or something. So I don't know that. This is like I was having this whole thought in my head the other day about mixtapes and whether... I mean, I think Sarah's probably the last generation to do mixtapes, and I wonder if... I was if, just listening to a mixtape yesterday. I, I, and, I, and I wonder if, 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 if that will be... If that's going to be it, if future generations will not... Because, I mean, what is really the equivalent of... What would... Uh, can you even... I sound so old now, but can you even do mixtapes online or something? I guess you can make like a playlist maybe, but it doesn't really seem to have the same sort of romance to it, you know? No, because it's something you it, 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 yeah, there's something to doing that. Yeah, these are I don't know, these are all things that just rattle around in my head when I have free time late at night. So you have free time? Yes. Well, I mean, in this in the, the the period of time between when I go, you know, when I'm in bed and when I actually can fall asleep, and I sit there and I stare at the that ceiling. That four-hour period. Exactly. <laughs> I stare at the ceiling, and my brain spins around like some sort of mental centrifuge. Uh, it just spinning up all kinds of weird observations and thoughts and things like, okay, you, I don't know how much time you have. I'm probably just eating up all of your live shot time here. I don't care. Um, good for you. Do you want to hear one more? Yeah. Here's another thing. This occurred to me last night. Um, okay, so I wrote this down. When someone calls your cell phone and you don't want to talk to them, are you afraid to press ignore because you think they're going to realize that they've just immediately been sent the voicemail? I'm never afraid to do that. <laughs> okay, see, I should have known that you're just, you're a very brusque man. You're, you're no Jim nonsense. You have no fear. That's what I mean. You are. Well, I have plenty of fear. I just don't care about that. Actually, so you are a man of old. You're a game day player like the men of yore. Um, see, but I, I don't remember who it was. I was like, I got a call from, oh, I do remember who it was, actually. It was nobody here, nobody on the show. But somebody called me the other day, and I didn't want to take the call. And I looked down. And there's that moment of like you look at the number and you go, who is? Oh, uh, no, 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 no. And, and then, it, and then you, my my phone shows you the two options. It's like uh, you know, answer, ignore. And I thought, well, if I hit ignore, does it just automatically cut them off like in mid ring and send them immediately to voicemail? Can they tell that I have hit ignore, or does it just mute the you ring? Just hit quiet. But see, I don't have a quiet button. I have answer or ignore. 
Oh, that's weird. Because so, I have quiet, so that way you can silence somebody, but they don't know they're being see, silenced. See, that's my thing, is there ought to be, on phones that don't already have it, there ought to be a hard ignore and a soft ignore. <laughs> and the soft ignore is like where, yeah, where it just sends them to voicemail, but they still get the illusion oh, that the it's quiet, ringing. The quiet button is my is my best friend. Oh, see, so yeah, I don't have that. So, so the BlackBerry, at least the one I got, uh, yeah, it just has the, like, it has the hello or the F-U. That's all it's got. And if you hit the F-U... I mean, you might as well be just be like sending them the sound of a toilet flushing, right? Because it's just going, it's just going right to the voicemail, and they know that they are at the bottom of your priority list. And then, of course, there's, you know, anyway. So uh, you know, if people complain, you know, I'd just say I'm busy. Yeah, I suppose. Here's the other thing: Do you ever call people and you get that weird ring when you you call their phone and instead of a ring, it starts playing like some Mariah Carey song over yeah. the earpiece well, you at you? Yeah. while you're. Well, the person you're calling is being contacted or some crap like that. I was trying to call somebody the other day, and it is kind of disorienting. And then you sort of feel, and then I find it a little, a little, I, it angers me for some reason. I think because I'm being forcibly subjected to some, and the music is always awful. When you call somebody's phone and they have like a musical sort of ringing when you call them, it's never something good. It's always like the like the lowest common denominator. I was trying to call somebody the other day. And it's I, I dial the number and I hit send and immediately I get that <laughs> and it's like some weird it's like I've been beamed into a night at the Roxbury or something. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, let's talk about alcohol, Jim Roop. Yeah. So let me. I'm all for let it. Let me. It's funny because we were uh, we were just talking about how at some point next year my wife and I are going to be taking a trip to Russia. Um, because it's a country about which I've always had kind of a, a, a weird interest. I have kind of a kind of a strange obsession with Russia, and it's probably totally different than I imagine it to be. I, but I want to kind of go next year just so I can see for myself. And then you know Tim obviously has country for, or has a family from that part of the world, and we've talked about how you know going to Russia and whatever. And, and Tim how Riley? Tim Riley. Riley has family in Russia. Well, I get the feeling they may. Wouldn't the, it be more like Ireland? <laughs> I think the Rileys may have just been on a horse-drawn carriage that was just angrily driven from place to place. Uh, so they just—if you look like Raiders so of the his, his, his folks were owned by people <laughs> from Russia. I didn't say that. You said that. <laughs> There's Cossacks coming and burning down his shanty. Uh, <laughs> um, hey, take us with you. If you. But if you look at maybe like like Raiders of the Lost Ark style, if you look at the Riley family history, it's just sort of a red line that just goes from one village to the other. Um, no room here. You go on. Um, but uh, no Irish. Uh, so, but we were talking about the the perception that alcohol is such a big part of that culture and vodka and whatever. But then I saw this thing from CNN where it says, to see if I get this right, that alcohol actually has a more how do I put this? Alcohol costs the California economy more. The natural disasters. It has a greater negative impact on the economy. That's almost yeah. impressive in a strange way. Only because, well, first of all, this study by the Marin Institute, um, they're, they're an alcohol watchdog group, all right? So they got an agenda right away. That's number one. Number two, I didn't see the study, so I, did, I wasn't able to look at the methodology and find out where these figures came from because they're, they're talking $38 billion a year. So what I did was I just contacted law enforcement, hospitals, things that were obvious that alcohol um, is, is, it contributes to death, illness, sickness, um, uh, crime. And it turns out that, yeah, a, there's a lot of money that is spent or that the economy loses because these public agencies like the criminal justice system. Sixty percent of those that go through the criminal justice system are there because they got blitzed and wouldn't rob somebody. I mean, you almost got to really the alcohol has such a, a negative impact, you say, on the economy. It almost is like they ought to get some sort of weird alcohol merit badge for that, you know? <laughs> 
Well, it really is weird. And, and what they did was they compared the 1994 Northridge earthquake. It cost the state a little over $40 billion. A one-time, unpredictable, unpreventable event. Whereas alcohol abuse or the impact of alcoholism on the state of California costs $38 billion every mm. year, mm. and it's preventable, according to these people, by limiting the access, maybe having state liquor stores. See, I like the fact that I can go to Ralph, get some mayonnaise and eggs, and pick up a bottle of vodka while I'm there. See, I don't want to have to go to the stinking state store. That is, see, welcome to the difference between uh, where you live and, for example, where we live, uh, or Utah, certainly, which is you know where I lived between... I lived in Utah, then California, then here. So it's like I want to. So it was like a bell curve, you know. Living in Utah was just like the home of restriction: no alcohol, no fun, no joy, no booze, no sex, no porn, no nothing, and three two beer. Uh, and then moving to California, where they basically just give you bottles of whiskey on the corner. Yeah. And then and then moving here, where it's like we have this utter the, the, the OLCC, the Oregon Liquor Control Commission, is very draconian. I mean, it is in many ways like being back in Utah. So that's one of the great things about California is they don't have an undue amount of restrictions on those things. No, and then the tax. We pay one of the least amount of taxes when it comes to alcohol, about eight cents per glass uh, of of booze, whether it be beer or or mixed drink. Whereas they calculate that the harm caused per drink is about $2.80. So we're paying $0.08 cents in taxes, and they claim the harm from that, that glass equates to about $2.80. So what they want to do is raise the tax a little bit on alcohol and, and limit the access maybe uh, somehow. But that just won't fly. This is the largest alcohol market in the nation the largest population in the nation. There's no way. That's it's strange. No matter how, uh, no matter what the problem is, the answer is always, "Well, look, uh, we're going to tax you and make your life less fun." That's uh, uh, really we've done a study about it, and that's what it is. We're, well, look, uh, this is the nanny state anyway. I mean, already they have the governor just moments ago. Is this the fast food thing? Signed up, yeah, signed the legislation. No, the fast food thing, that's another stupid thing. But the, um, the, he signed legislation that prohibits restaurants from using oil when they're cooking. Tra oils with trans fat. Yeah. You know, what? what is that? <laughs> I don't even How in the hell can you tell a restaurant what they can and can't do? How can you tell me? I don't care if I know it's going to kill me. If I want it, I want it. Well, especially because, see, there you go. And that's what makes this the best country in the world. Uh, and especially because unlike, let's say, cigarette smoking, about which I guess there could be some sort of scientific debate, not like if you, it's not like if you have some trans fats, it's going to give the guy at the next table thrombosis. You know what I mean? You're that's right. a that's a thing that only affects you. So I yeah. thank you, thank you for the warning. Thank yeah. you for slapping that thing on the label for me. I appreciate it. Yeah. But I choose to have it anyway. Well, and is that now? Did I read this correctly? That now in what I guess we are now are we now not allowed to call it South Central? Is it just South Los Angeles? There never really was a South Central. It was just a, a term coin. A term coin. But anyway, so yeah. I guess there's it's South some, Los Angeles. But the, but there is now this this regulator. They approve this business where there's a ban on new fast food restaurants for, for a year. One year. Yeah. And and the the, the Possibility of two six-month extensions on that. Well, there's already, there's, I mean, on that stretch near USC they're talking about on Figueroa, you know, downtown. You're from, I'm sure you're familiar with it. There's a Popeyes and a McDonald's and a, right. and, and a Burger King. There's no In-N-Out down there. There's no Fat Burger down there. Right. So I would say open it up for those franchises. Ugh. But there are so and Taco Bell, Del Taco. I mean, yeah, it's it's. There's a lot down there, but it, it doesn't make any sense. To really, uh, to, to prohibit, you know, a, 
uh, 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 another fast food franchise. Oh, it, does, it doesn't make sense. We can't have plastic bags. We can't do this. We can't. I mean, it really is a nanny state. Well, and we're facing at the end of this year, I think it is. Uh, isn't that right? So at the end of this year, the smoking thing kicks in here in Portland, Oregon. Is that February 2009, I believe. February or, or, 2009. Uh, no, January. January. I think it yeah. might be January 1st. So yes, we got about another six months here uh, before they're going to start. Uh, you know, the, the thing that you know that I lived with in California, that you know, there is where they the, the, where you can't smoke anywhere, basically. Right. Um, you know, and. I, and I'll tell you, I don't smoke. Uh, I'm not a smoker. But the whole thing, you know, if it, and we're getting off into a whole kind of overtly serious rant here. But, I mean, if, if it's a legal product, if the product itself is not prohibitive, there's no legal prohibition against the consumption of something, whether it's uh, trans fats or cigarettes or whatever. I mean, it's my body. Get off my back. Yeah. So. Because once you start doing that, then you start inhibiting the, uh, um, commerce or, you start, or, or capitalism. And, uh, you know, like you say, if it's a legal product, people should be able to... Expand on whatever that product may be. It is not a world well, of men. We should have said that. Now they're going to work to outlaw it all. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Shoot me now. That's the spirit. We'll just leave it on that note. Um, big plans for your weekend, sir. Now I'm going to go out and contribute some... to the numbers of our alcohol. <laughs> I was going to say, have some alcohol and some trans fat and a cigarette. I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to have a cigar. Excellent. Thank you, Jim Roop. Have a good weekend. All right, buddy. There you go. Jim Roop in Los Angeles. I love that guy. Me too. Really, he's just fantastic. There's just no other word for him. Uh, all right, so uh, we inter- somebody pointed out that I interrupted myself on this earlier. So your sister, uh, Heather, saw somebody. She spotted a celebrity where? She was in the in village last night. Okay, and she spotted a celebrity. Yeah, she was actually sitting right next to this person. Uh, okay, is this somebody I would know? Yes. All right. Uh, just before, what kind of establishment was this at? A bar. A bar. Male or female? Female. Um, actress or singer? Actress. Actress. TV or movie? Both, but more so TV. More so TV. More so TV. Uh, Would you say younger or older than 30? Younger. Blonde or brunette? Blondish. Blondish. Yeah. Blondish, brownish. Mm, Sitcom or drama? Sitcom. Elizabeth Berkley? No. Okay. Um, but in that same genre, though. Really? Uh huh. Wow. Um, twenties, twenties, blondish sitcom actress. Cur- uh, the show currently on the air now? In syndication, I'm in sure. In syndication, but but not new episodes. She's moved on from that series. Yes. Okay. Um, it was this series on? I would imagine during the nineties. Yes. During the 90s. Uh, have we talked about her to any extent on the show? I'm sure, yes. We never had her on? No. I got <laughs> nothing. Nobody. Yeah, but um, at least I'm asking the narrowing questions. You get like two whatever. questions in and then you just, then oh, you just freeze. You. You're just throwing me under the I'm bus because you're not doing well. <laughs> um, Jesus. Uh, I feel like there's another thing that we, ought to, we should have turned over to a listener. Um, uh, let's see here. Do we have anything to give away? Yeah, I do. I have a Dark Knight. Oh, do you want to hear the funniest thing? Huh. I have some, we have some Dark Knight prize packs to give away, including, there, there are these, um, there's there's like some some you know like hats and there's like a button set and there's some posters and next week we'll do some run of engagement passes to it but there are these sort of wife beater things but because of all the recent news we've just decided that they're going to be dark knight mom beaters so uh so, because it's funny 
Um, so I, I guess, don't, thank you, thanks so much. Well, don't call about it now. Uh, we'll probably have to do it uh, in the next hour. Uh, so maybe next hour, yeah, don't don't reveal it. Next hour we'll have maybe a listener uh, play this uh, 20 questions game. Oh, but I want to tell you what she said about this person. But I feel like I, I, I just com- I'm just completely choking here. It's not, uh, it's not, uh, what's her name? It's not, um. Seeing you're probably going to randomly guess it right now. It's not Michelle Williams. No, that wouldn't be a sitcom. No. All right. No, I got nothing. All right, we'll take a break. Back after this, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Uh, coming up later on, uh, we'll have Sarah Dillon's top five slow dance prom songs. Uh, let's see. Uh, Aaron Geek in the city. Duran will be here. We'll talk to Richie Bristol. And uh, we'll have the Corey Feldman audio from the Lost Boys and a Dark Knight prize pack to give away. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. So we were just, uh, during the break, I was saying that is, is that Muppet? No, there's no Muppet today. What just barked? I just heard something bark. I'm not crazy. <laughs> Did anybody just hear a dog bark? No. No. Oh, God, I'm turning into Brian Wilson. <laughs> Get me a sandbox. Maybe you do need those meds after oh, all. Wow. All right. Dog's you can bark. see my bike right there. <laughs> Where's Muppet? Well, to be fair, it's a little dark over there. I can't really see into the corners of the studio. And there's no basket for Muppet. No. Do you ever take Muppet on your uh, on your bike in a basket? Do you ever do you have like a little uh like a little basket on you know for the, for him to ride along with? Yeah, but I don't feel comfortable putting. Because he in would jump basket. out. Well, I don't think he'd jump out, but I'm afraid I'd hit a bump and he'd go flying out. Or he'd be pulled over by the man if he would attack the cop. Uh, so that, what we were just talking about during the break. I and I think as much as just as soon as you don't you guys agree and I will start the news there in just just one second here but don't you guys agree that at this point as soon as you just say the word bicyclist right now you can everybody in the city their pulse just starts to like the, the blood pressure just begins to go up um, who will be next I, well that's it but the, 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 the thing is so Lara was out last night um, on her bike uh, she was she biked to um, there's like some thing in the park is it like a beer thing in the park. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, it was like some beer festival yeah, or whatever. Yeah, my mother was serving beer there, and she said she saw Lara. Yeah, so she's there, and then she went to, there was like some, I don't know, some craft thing that she did or whatever. Anyway, she was out biking, but she said that just kind of every time she went to an intersection last night or yesterday, she said that um, she would go to an intersection, and if there was another bicyclist at the same intersection, she said it was the same thing all day long. She would go up to an intersection on her bike, because she's a much better and more consistent cyclist than I am. And she would go to the intersection, she would see the other bicyclist, and she said they would both kind of smile and do the slow nod to each other like, yes, the man is everywhere. So her friend uh, Elisa got nailed with a ticket yesterday. Our friend Eric, who stocks the vending machine in the kitchen, sent me an email this morning. Uh, subject line, damn it, damn it, damn it. He said, guess who got a bicycle ticket this morning? So that was him. Uh, I don't know if it's in the paper today, but I will tell you that every single day that goes by now, I get five or ten emails uh, from people who are cyclists who are just either, they're either cyclists who are, you know, curious, cyclists who are upset, people in cars who are angry, people who are whatever. Um, let's see. Well, it sucks. It's such a lose-lose situation because you're not supposed to ride on the sidewalk, like on Front Avenue, for example. But then I get in the street and I'm almost mowed down by cars and they're honking and like right. waving their fists at me. But I'm like, but it's illegal for me to get on the sidewalk. Well, that's what this guy says. Uh, this guy says, Rick, it seems to me the law requiring bicyclists to adhere to the same laws as cars is only designed to inconvenience bicyclists. This is the emailer saying this. He says, I can't ride on the sidewalk downtown. 
Why? I'm much safer on my bicycle than on the street, and I present very little threat to pedestrians as long as I ride no faster than a person at a trot. Who was ever killed on a sidewalk by a bicyclist? He says, it seems to me the worst risk is probably a bruise. In downtown traffic, my life is at risk. Says it seems to me. Gary. He says it seems to me the law requires me to risk my neck in traffic for no other reason than the little old ladies don't like to share the sidewalk with a bicycle. He says coming to a full stop at a bicycle isn't the same, the same thing as stopping a car. It's much more inconvenient. As long as I slow to one or two miles an hour and look both ways, I don't understand why I should have to come to a full stop like a car. It makes no logical sense. I'm no safer if I come to a full stop. No one else is any safer than if I come to a full stop. Uh, and then he concludes, it seems to me that requiring bicycles to adhere to the same laws as cars to the letter overlooks the fact that a bicyclist is a hybrid of pedestrian and vehicle. In terms of safety, we're a lot more like pedestrians than cars. Car drivers resent it when bicyclists flout the law. The answer is obvious. More reasonable laws that reflect the difference between the two kinds of vehicles. Uh, Tom, I, I will also say this, though. Uh, I was uh, on the way home yesterday, and for the third day in a row, uh, for the third day in a row on Powell, I saw... I'll tell you this, between here and about 34th, I saw three different places where cops were there with radar guns, and then I saw a separate three different in thing where cops had already pulled somebody over. So it isn't, I don't know that it's just bicyclists, I think it's everybody right now, uh, because it was just speed traps everywhere I went yesterday. His muscle everywhere. But I think, but, but here, but, but don't you feel like, well, let's just, let's just, we'll start the news hour, and I'm sure there will be awful opportunities. No, we continue with this. Awful opportunities. Well, this discussion is brought to you by Leif's Auto Collision Center. Find us in Collision Repair. Go to Leif's.com and find out what Leif's can do for you. It's time for the Rick Emerson for ending that. New News Hour, only on AM 970, The Talker. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Now, so let's return to this conversation because that's what's on the minds of many these days, oh, I would imagine. By the way, here's one email. Rick, I heard it too. It was like a bark. How about this? Rick. I heard it, too. I thought I heard Marpet bark just now when you came back from break. <laughs> so I'm not crazy. There's a certain, they just don't want you on meds. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, w I was going to say this, but here, here's the thing uh, about it is I think that as per our conversation yesterday, I think the cops, I think the cops either feel they have to crack down on bicyclists uh, because there's just so much sort of attention on it right now, or the cops are cracking down on bicyclists because it's sort of an easy way to get the public on their side. And yeah, I don't begrudge cops. You know, whatever. It's a tough job, and it's a job in which you get a lot. A lot of people just don't like you just because you're a cop. So I understand that the police department sort of, you know, that they want to do whatever they can to sort of burnish their public image. So I think right now an easy way for cops to gain favor with the public is to start busting bicyclists. But at the same time, I think cops can't be, they can't look as though they are singling bicyclists out, although they clearly are. So they, so then, in turn, they then also have to crack down on cars to disguise the fact that they are deliberately targeting bicyclists, well, if that makes sense. Because they can't look like they're just singling out bicycles. They have to single out everybody. So they have to single out everybody, but it's really just cover for the fact that cops are only going after cyclists well, right now. Well, the scariest thing ever is, like, right on Harrison right out here, like, there's freeway traffic coming onto Front Avenue, and it's going, like, 50 miles an hour, and then I'm supposed to, like, pedal my little shoddy, you know, like, a three-speed bicycle into the middle of traffic and expect, like, these people are going 60 miles an hour to slam on their brakes. And right. I'm trying to pretend to be a vehicle. It just doesn't make any sense. Well, the guy has a really good point when he says uh, that, uh, that, a, a, that a bicycle having to be in the road downtown 
presents a great danger to the bicyclist, whereas a bicycle being on the sidewalk doesn't really present a great danger to anybody. No, and I alert them. I'm always like, on your left, or I'll slow down, or, or even like stop and walk my bike sometimes. Yeah, so it does make you wonder why bicycles are required to be in the street in the first place. I'm not saying they shouldn't. I don't really, I mean, presumably somebody thought it through. But well, there are always people riding on sidewalk around here because they're going in the opposite direction of the traffic. But see, you're not so, But I think it's illegal, though. I think that that also. Okay, to, to, to revisit the to revisit the the issue. Um, hey, Richie, did we ever get in touch with the guy that Sam Adams put us on to bicycle wise? He's trying to punish Richie for calling him on his private line. <laughs> All right, we we really ought to do that at some point if we can because this is because we're just making crap up here. He's not back in the office till the 28th when I'm gone. All right. Uh, well, we'll have some. Okay. Well, we'll we'll try to get it handled. There have to be like there are all kinds of uh, cycling advocacy groups and everything. Yeah, I mean, it would just I, I would it, some of those are bike Nazis though. That's that's what I'm saying. And and if if we're gonna have somebody on the show to give us the definitive, here's what's legal, here's what's not, and more importantly, we want normal people. Why? Well, I I also want it to be coming from because you know what I don't I don't want his mouth. Well, and I yeah, and I don't want to have some guy come on. And he says, well, here's the reason for bicycle bombing. Everybody must get rid of their cars. And, like, and, that's going to happen. And then, and, then I ju- and then it's just a bunch of phone calls where people go, that guy's biased because he... Like, I want it to be someone who is sort of unimpeachable in terms of, you know, the, their credibility. So, all right, here's Tim Riley. So, uh, Sam Adams is uh, pushing for a plan to impose a fee on grocery bags, plastic or paper. He hopes to have the uh, fee in place before he takes over as mayor next year, but he's yet to decide how much to charge. He's discussing whether it should be a nickel or 20 cents per bag. Only 52% of paper bags and 5% of plastic bags given out in the United States are recycled. So apparently this is an environmental thing. In uh, March 2007, San Francisco, with their special values, became the first city to ban the use of plastic shopping bags. Uh, and in Los Angeles, they voted Tuesday to ban shopping uh, plastic bags from stores beginning July 2010. Wait, so this is a nickel on what? Well, they're trying to decide whether or not to charge a nickel or 20 cents per bag. On, on paper and plastic? Or? Yes. So if you go to the store and you get five paper bags full of groceries, they, it would be like between five and 20 cents each just right. on top of that. Well, I always bring my own uh, bag to Trader Joe's when I shop because you can win a contest. Yeah, you know, you put like a... They give you I a never thing. won, but yeah. you know, I'm not going to give up. But it's like a, it's like a cloth bag or whatever. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I always choose... Maybe this makes me a bad person, but when I go to Safeway and it'll be paper or plastic, and I always choose plastic... Uh, because they then go into um, a container at home, and uh, and then when I run out of uh, dog bags, they become the dog bag. So, yeah, so if I run out of bags to pick up Max's whatever. No, I just use it for regular trash because our, our homeowners association has dispensers for... Oh, yeah, okay. See, we don't have... It, then and, they're scented, too. And that, I brought you in someone once you didn't like them. I don't remember that. I'll bring in some more, then. They're in, like, all my pants' pockets. I don't remember that, but I do remember you saying you really wanted to uh, interview Ron Dante... And I remember a dog barking in the studio just a few minutes ago, even though there isn't one here. Hi, I'm Rick Emerson. I won an award for this. Okay, um, I'll bring you in some blue dog waste bags. So you're, wait, hold on. So your, your homeowners association gives you scented dog, but do they come by and give you back rubs? They I have scented, the, bio, the biodegradable ones. Uh, let's see, four different stations that dispense these, and they have buckets so you don't mix them up with the regular trash that are in the parks. Does each dispenser have a different, like, is one lilac and one is lavender? All green. All right. Uh, so, and yeah. everyone voted on the color, and everyone agreed they should be green. <laughs> are you sure you don't live on a dacha, like on some sort of, like, a like a kibitz or something, you know, like a, like a communal? Are you sure you don't live in a commune? 
Uh, it sounds vaguely socialist where you live, Tim. It really does, doesn't it? I'm, I'm just saying. I, I think that the Red Menace may have crept into Tannisborn. I think somebody may have taken the red bait, hook, line, and sinker, Tim Riley. No, we just wanted uh, dog waste stations, and we got them, and they're all green. Well, so I go to Safeway, and I uh, because they don't they don't give us nice things, uh, because those nice things would almost assuredly be stolen and broken. So or cut with knives, <laughs> or just maimed a little. Um, but uh, so, so you try to be nice to certain people, and they just wreck everything. <laughs> and they expect you to replace it. It's true. <laughs> so they replace it. What do they do? They cut it again. What is this little tenant anger right now? No. <laughs> um, but so I go to Safeway and I'll take the plastic bags and then they go to thing and that's what I, I use for Max. Oh, by the way, and then as we'll plunge on into this, I just speaking of picking up after Max, I do have to do. There was a great moment the other night where uh, Laura and I were coming back from the Willamette thing, and uh, we got out of the car and there was this guy who lives near my house and he's I don't even know how to describe him except to say that it's a it's the kind of guy we have all seen a million times. He's always he's what I call a KGON guy. Um I would say mid to late 40s, leathery kind of like smoker skin, 70s mustache, baseball cap, ponytail and a scowl. Yeah, kind yeah, basically that, like bad sort of Sears jeans and wearing a shirt that, you know, wearing a shirt that says like uh you know, it's like a shirt that he got at like the latest 38 special tour or whatever. But he really, you know, he is he is just that guy who is that leathery, beat-up, classic rock dude. Looks like when he's not smoking, he probably has a toothpick in his mouth. Um, and But he was out there, and he was taking a smoke break. And uh, we, my wife and I get out of the car, and we're walking into the house, and he sort of goes, Hey. And I did so softly, I didn't even hear him at first. He goes, Hey. And I... And I finally, what? Hello? And I look around. And he goes, hey. He, and he goes, hey. And he does, and he does the. He like gestures me over, like he's telling me a secret. He goes, hey, come here. And I'm like, oh, oh god, is he gonna ask me for money? Is he gonna ask me like I'm gonna meet? Is he gonna try to bum like more smokes off me or something? And so I, I walk over and and I go, hi, what what's up? How can how can I help you, sir? And he says, look, I know that you clean up after your dog. And then he sort of jabs a finger across and he goes. But she don't. At Lara? At Lara. Oh, jeez. I know you clean up after your dog, but she don't. And I don't know whether that's true. And I don't know whether it's true or not. I mean, I'm trying to be very conscientious. I try never to be that guy. I try to always. uh, There have been times, by the way, if I don't have a bag or something, or if Max, if I take him out for a walk and he goes unexpectedly, there have been times when I've picked up like a handful of leaves and I have used the handful of leaves to pick up his business because I don't want to be that guy. I'm going to scrub my hands with wire wool. I brought a plastic bag yesterday and I totally forgot something, but I had some tissue in yeah. my purse that I ended up picking up. It's the like bag. using like a mailer, like a circular from the, from, the, from, the, yeah, from the mailbox. But so he goes, so I know you clean up after your dog, but she don't. And, and then I said, oh, well, uh, my apologies, sir. I'll, I'll talk to her about that. And I told Laura about it and she was just unbelievably angry, not of the accusation, which I think she said isn't true, not of the accusation, but at the fact that he pulled me aside to talk to me, because, you know, I'm the man of the house. That, like, he wouldn't even talk to her about it. He just talked to your woman. That's exactly what it was. (laughs) You know that's what it was. That you... Look, I guess you got to get that woman under control. That's it was like a, it was like this weird, stupid like guy like man to man sort of. Look, we're both men, and I know how bitches can be. So look, you got to. Uh, I mean, that's that's clearly what it was. It was like he thought I needed to get to get my wife under the, under. <laughs> I used to have problems with my wife. Or he did. Some knives. <laughs> Forget all that. 
Here's Tim Riley. There's a madman on the loose. Police say he may have a bullet wound in him, too. A man who police shot when he tried to run them over with his pickup truck this morning may have a bullet wound. This happened over on the west side. The suspect's identified as 32-year-old Sean Hankins. He abandoned his truck and escaped on foot after allegedly trying to run down the cops last night. Investigators searching his vehicle found a small amount of blood. It seemed to indicate he was hit by one of the bullets. Initially, police thought Hankins was holed up at a nearby house, but they later determined he was not there and continued the manhunt in the area of the 800 block of Catherine Street. The entire incident began when officers responded to reports of domestic abuse at 3 a.m. When officers arrived, they were confronted by a man driving his vehicle right at the officers and trying to run them down. Left for no choice, they shot him, as they should have. Well, this is kind of uh, scary. A two-story house collapsed around people inside last night. This happened in Salem. Firefighters had to cut through one of the windows for an escape pad so they could pull the trio out of the collapsed home. Neighbors said it sounded like an earthquake, then the home just went down. Jesus. It happened at the corner of Northeast 5th and Northeast Jefferson. Uh, the homeowner is going through the process of getting that foundation replaced. <laughs> wow. And the construction project was going on for several weeks. The house had been leaning, said the homeowner. The house had been leaning. So he called the homeowner, the contractor, several times to ask him if it was okay to stay there. He said, oh, yeah, you're fine. Hey, hey, no, hey no trouble. Don't pay that, no, never mind. So something gave way, causing the house to tip off the temporary shoring. Who would, would, wait, where was this at? Salem. Would you live in a house that was leaning? No. I mean, that's, were they living in the home? Yes. Yeah, I mean, if your home is leaning, that's gravity's way. That's Isaac Newton's way of telling you to move, to get out. Uh, incidentally, I think it's now no longer the case, so I, I think I think we can talk about it. But there was that house in southeast Portland. Oh, yeah, I drove by there. Is it recently? Is it still up? No, no, I, that same day that you had talked about. Uh, there was a house in southeast Portland, I'll just say... Uh, near the Fred Meyer, though. Near Fred Meyer, that was, no lie, like 50 feet off the ground, like on blocks, because they were redoing the foundation. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they had dug this huge, like, swimming pool ba like hole, basically, underneath the house. And then the house was on these, you know, four stacks of blocks, basically. And, I mean, it was all it would have taken is one, one, good, one good tremor. And that house would have completely tipped over into a house on one of the sides of it. I mean, it must have been terrifying to live on either side of that thing. It was it was really, it was like a house on stilts uh, for the longest time. Uh, Richie, I can't see any of these, uh, I can't see any of the, this call information. I don't know if you've screened these or if it's just not working or, all right, or if you're busy hooking up your Sherry's Ranch connection. Mm -hmm. uh, here's Tim Riley. So according to a Lynn County man, some water, baking soda, and $200 worth of instructions and supplies will outfit you with technology that will cut your fuel bill in half. We've heard all this stuff before. Uh, Ray Warren said he installed a hydrogen generating system in his pickup truck using instructions he purchased off the Internet. And he has doubled his gas mileage from 50 miles to a gallon to 30 miles a gallon. He claims that this is no lie and you can do it too. If you can read a book, you can do it. <laughs> Uh, he said after uh, seeing for himself how the system works, he has a lot of questions with the auto industry and wonders why they don't install this type of technology in every car. Never going to happen. No. They don't want to. Nope. Uh, let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's I up? I just warned Sarah not to ride bicycles on sidewalks. I never told her to do that, by the way. Oh, I'm not oh. riding bicycles on sidewalks. Oh, okay, because it's, it's very dangerous. I did not say to do that. I guess my... But I, if I'm on Front Avenue and if there's a car barreling at me at 60 miles an hour, I'm going to hop no, on the sidewalk. Here, can well, I tell no, you? no, but I mean like commuting. No, if no. If you're just tooling down the sidewalk, people that are entering the traffic from uh, driveways and parking lots, 
they always go across the sidewalk and then stop and then look. I will tell you that the same thing. When I'm on front, uh, I ride on the sidewalk. Maybe I'm not no, supposed to. Here's the crap out of me. Oh, I, I always use the bike lanes, and I always go. I don't ride up Hawthorne. I ride on the side streets that are well, more bike friendly. Especially because front is all full of uh, potholes. Yeah. And so if you are a car, you are obliged, unless you want to wreck your suspension and your tires, to do a little bit of weaving in the road just to avoid these big-ass divots that the city oh, won't fix. Another good thing about weaving in the road is it does give you a presence. And if people will see that and they'll think, well, I don't know where that person's going, so I'm going to take a wide berth around them. Uh, but see here, no, the, they'll say they're going to run you over. That's the see. That's the other thing is I don't see. Maybe you were that way, sir. Uh, and keep in mind, I really, I know that this sounds like a gutless thing to say, but I really can see both sides of the issue. I think a lot of people can. Mm-hmm. I think the the most of us are reasonable and can understand that there are points on both sides. It, it has to be said that there are cars who, when you are a cyclist in the road, and by the way, you are allowed the full lane as a bicyclist. Right. Uh, there are cars that because they are irritated at you will not give you a wide berth they will swing around you at what feels like an unreasonably close distance because they want to show you a thing or two about taking up though because they're just because they're pissed that you're taking up the lane and so they passively or actively take it out on you by swinging around close to you it just it happens a motorcyclist did that to me once and almost killed me yeah and frankly it happens to motorcycles uh too mm. uh, but not to the same degree as bicycles and motorcycles go faster so it's so that's... I see both points. I did a lot of commuting years ago on a bicycle, and I, you know, drive uh, professionally. So, uh, it, yeah, it, it just I think the reason the cops are cracking down, I kind of agree with you, but I really think Portland's kind of proactive, and I, I think it, they, they realize he's getting a critical mass, so and they don't want brawls. Out, you know, there was a guy I saw years ago in Berkeley a guy that uh, clipped the bicyclist and kept going, and he was surrounded at the next uh, Oh, they'll kill you. <laughs> IRA bicyclist wielding frame pump. Oh, yeah, no, they'll beat you to a pulp. You do the that. The cops had to rescue this guy, yeah. the motorist. Yeah. All right, thank you, sir. You bet. All right, there you go. There's uh, that. I mean, it, it's probably just never going to be solved until and unless there are bike lanes everywhere. I mean, that's the only thing that will ever solve it, is if there are bike lanes on every street, and they're just that's... As I just said, they can't even fix the freaking potholes on front that ne- that necessitate your swerving. And it's not all of front. I mean, as soon as you get to the Hawthorne like on ramp, then that's when the bike lane starts, and yeah. that's when I feel safe. I'm like, okay, yeah. that's good for me. And in the suburbs, the bike lanes mysteriously disappear into 20 foot deep ditches. With no warning. <laughs> I'm sure it's an accident. I'm sure that's I'm sure that's unintentional. I will say, at the risk of this just becoming all bike talk all the time, here, here's one more thing. Since we're bike being, talk 970. Since we're, <laughs> since we're being local and relatable here, um, here's another. You know, you know where I get freaked out is if you're driving downtown. Have you ever done? What is that street? It's the um, it's the one that turns into Hawthorne. Is that Madison? Yeah. So if you're downtown and there's that Madison Street, that well, if, if you are if you're heading west, if you are heading uh, no no no, if you're heading east, uh, if you're going, I think it's Madison. If you are heading east on Madison. And it's that weird thing where to get in the turn lane, you are obliged to cross the bike lane. In other words, if you're on the street, there's lane, lane, bike lane, lane. There, The bike path, the bike lane, is between the regular straight-ahead lane and the turn lane. So if you are going from the regular straight-ahead lane to the right turn lane, you have to cross the bike lane, which is in between. Okay. And that's freaky because then... You're stopping and you're doing the head check, which I suppose is good, like nine times because you're like, God, because you can't come to a complete stop. You have to do it while you're moving. 
And you're like, Jesus, I have to cross this bike lane while still moving to get over into this right turn lane. And you're just, I'm always terrified there's going to be a guy that doesn't have his light, doesn't have a reflector, or I'm just, or I'm just not going to see him somehow. And I'm going to be crossing that bike lane to get into the right turn lane, and I'm just going to crunch him. I mean, and I try to be a good driver, but I just, I, I live in fear of that all the time. Mm. I try never to do, to use that street because it, it freaks me out. Yeah. All right. Here's Tim Riley. So then again, I mean, you're kind of limited to where the safe places are to ride. I mean, you have to be totally familiar with where you're riding too. Yeah. Totally. Because you don't know what these streets are going to turn into at any moment. Yeah, because that that's why that's why I know because I know the best path to get to my house or like to get you know. And now, is work. there a um a diff- like an online like a map quest but like bike quest? Because yeah, Lara, Lara said there was, but then we tried to use it for something and like didn't really work. Like it didn't show us what we needed to know. Like it seems like there ought to be. An online thing like MapQuest.com. They do have those, like at bus stops too. They have like cycling-friendly areas. They have like bus, like on the sides of the one, especially on the corner of 38th and Hawthorne. There's a giant map on the side, and it has like pink lines, right. orange lines, yellow lines. It says like this is where bicyclists should go. This is where buses yeah. go. This is like heavy commute area. So it would be nice. Maybe there is a website like that too, where you can say, look, I'm I'm at 2040 Southwest First. I need to get to 40th and Woodstock. Like, w- what is the way I should go? And then it will say like. Take whatever to whatever, take whatever to Woodstock, blah, 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 blah. Uh, because, you know, it's not like I think that people aren't certainly wanting to put themselves in danger. It's just... Yeah. So, and here's another question. Do you think, Tim, that maybe this is because... Here's an interesting idea, and somebody I think had also sent me an email about this, that because fewer people are driving and more people are biking, that revenue that would normally be gotten by speeding tickets to cars, they are just trying to now get that revenue from bicycle tickets? I suppose. Because you got to figure fewer people are driving. That's fewer tickets. That's less money for the state. Mm. Uh, and the state's already paying out the ass for gas for all of their state vehicles, buses, cop cars. So they're losing money having to buy gas for state vehicles, and they're no longer getting to issue same speeding tickets. Well, that's why a lot of cities are putting ca- cops back on the beat again, just walking around and uh, getting the money. Is that true? Cars. Yeah. Are they named Clancy? Mm-hmm. My name is Mooney. They're stopping by Floyd's Barbershop. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to the kids on the stoop. Mm-hmm. All right, you kids, sing me a song. <laughs> it's Frankie stopping no fame. I want to live forever. I was just gonna say stopping by to stopping by to talk to Frankie Valley. No, who was the guy that sang "I'm Not a Juvenile Delinquent"? Frankie, Frankie Lyman. Lyman. Yeah, stopping by to talk to Frankie. Actually, he was. He tried to drugs. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, well, we'll do calls here in a few minutes. Here's Tim Riley. Why did you hear about this uh, this jumbo jet, the Qantas jumbo jet carrying 345 passengers? Made an emergency landing today with a gaping hole in its fuselage after mm-hmm. mysterious explosive decompression, as Qantas is calling it. Nobody was injured, but some passengers vomited, and so would you. Wow. The cabin's floor gave way, exposing some of the cargo underneath, and there was a big hole in the right side of the wing. Uh, about an hour into the flight, there was a big bang. The plane started going down to the passengers. Jesus God. There was wind swirling around the plane, some condensation. Uh, nobody was hysterical. Bits of wooden debris flew forward in the first class, and the oxygen mask dropped out, and some of the luggage was coming up through the floor. Now, who wouldn't be... I didn't see... I it. Are there photos of this? Or is not there yet. A, I saw, the, I saw a video of, like, the masks coming down. Oh, <laughs> man, that would just... I, this is, people vomited. Oh, yeah. uh, I suppose that it was coming out the other end, too, for mm. some folks, because that's when, that's when you do that. Yeah, the plane was cruising at 29,000 feet, and then suddenly it descended quickly to uh, 10,000 feet. Applause erupted as it touched down. There were no injuries. No. Thank goodness. Uh, we not, not physical injuries, anyway. No. 
No, it, uh, Mental trauma. I would say so. That'll last for life. Uh, passengers reported hearing the loud bang before the plane lost altitude. Rob Henshaw videotaped the incident. It was very scary because it's quite a loud banging explosion going off, and then the cabin depressurized and just a lot of pain in the ears. Roaring sounds of the wind and ducks sort of flying around, and the stewardesses kind of running to their seats. Oh, man. That's what, like when you just feel like Ed Norton in Fight Club, where it's just like the whole plane is coming apart underneath you. Ed, Ed Tudor said he heard the bang when the plane began to drop in altitude. You could hear something happening, and uh, then the oxygen masks fell down, and you started dropping down, ears popping, that sort of stuff. Oh. Then people began to pray. We kind of just prayed, and we felt that you know, it was a real miracle we got down. And looking at the damage, I just, it's an absolute miracle that that plane landed in one piece. It was a miracle. The plane didn't blow up in mid-flight. When I looked in there, I could see bags sticking out. I just thought, there's no way I know, and... Uh, that aircraft should have stayed up. I believe in miracles, but that was definitely a major miracle. A, a divine play, if you like. It was just extraordinary. This is why people take Xanax before flying. I mean, this, this is the or reason. Vodka. So the, or the, vodka. The, the hole caused the plane to lose pressure and oxygen, which required the pilot to start a quick initial descent to normalize the oxygen levels, uh. which he did. I mean, this flight crew are a bunch of heroes after this. The plane lost pressure, so the pilot had to get the aircraft below 12,000 feet quickly, which he did. Uh, Qantas is the largest domestic and international airline of Australia. It boasts a strong safety record. They've never lost a jet in an accident, although there were crashes with smaller planes. The last one in 1951. Well, that's just that whole thing in Rain Man where he's talking about how, like, the, the Qantas is the, uh, is the safest airline, which I guess maybe they still are, but I mean, that, I mean, it's, I think people do take pilots for granted sometimes because the plane, because the, the plane ride just feels so automated in a sense, right? Like, you get on the plane, and then you're often, you know, putting on your headphones, as Clark Griswold would say, you put on your headphones, you're in your own world. You're having your vodka or your whatever. You're watching the movie. You're filing your fingernails or something. And then, and then you you know, and then you get that, I'm going to begin our initial descent into Los Angeles. And then you just, and the flight's over. And you don't really think about the fact that there's a guy up there who is flying this, like, 50-ton piece of metal that somehow is miraculously in the air floating, uh, which just seems crazy when you think of it. Like, that's the sort of thing you can't think about too much. Because I know that scientifically it works and this is whatever, but you can't think about the fact that there's a giant metal tube that weighs like a hundred tons that's just levitating. That's what I can't stop thinking about when oh. I'm flying. Well, that's, that's why that the pilots get the best uniforms. Oh, totally, and the ladies. And they deserve it. They do. Uh, and so you know, but there's a pilot there, and you got to don't you figure that that in a way. I mean, it's a little bit of a broad generalization, but wouldn't you say in a way being a pilot is kind of like being a cop mm -hmm. in that. Probably 95% of your guys who are cops, they always say that with you. Cops who go their whole the whole uh, career never draw their weapon. You know, never have to, you know, there's no, most cops never have to fire a gun, no car chases. And probably would you imagine most pilots go the whole career, no crash, no near crash, no whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's just the stress, the, like if you're a cop, it's the stress that, well, you probably won't ever draw your weapon, but that every day it's possible. Every car you pull over could be a guy with a gun. Every time you go to a call, it could be violence. Just like a pilot. Probably never going to happen, but every flight that you are flying could crash. The, the, the floorboards could start to go. Wing could fall off. Mm -hmm. So that's why they're paid. It's not because anything goes wrong, but because at any moment something could go wrong. Ugh. All right. I'm all freaked out. I'm not even flying anywhere this weekend. I, I'm flying in a couple Freaking weeks. Me so for Good that. for you. Let's do uh, another one here. Our second top story. Yeah. Thousands packed Rockefeller Center in New York City today to see Miley Cyrus perform a free mini-concert on the Today Show. Andy and Gabriel woke up bright and early to come down and see their idol. We got here at like 2 o'clock in the morning to see her. 
Wow. Some people are camping out since Tuesday. Some people are dumb. These two little girls sing their favorite Miley Cyrus song. Hopefully not the whole thing. Oh, no. I probably shouldn't say this. Sometimes I get so scared. When I think about the previous relationship we shared. It's awesome. But we lost it. It's not hard for me to say. Now it's the camera. One kid's doing all the work there. Okay. That other girl's not pulling her weight. <laughs> that one kid is failing. Fail. So she's lip syncing. Failure. Fans feel great about this free show. It was awesome. You're not allowed to make any comments. I've seen your new kids on the block pictures. This mother, Tracy, said it was worth <laughs> it to bring isn't. the kids. Um, good, tired, very tired. I hate my I'm life. Tired. Oh, I, I want a Cosmo. It. It's a mother's duty. Why did I do it's this? It's a mother's duty. Oh, that's the saddest thing ever. <laughs> oh, they're the sweetest little mistake. MJ and Sarah drove all the way from Maine, a five-hour ride, to see this free show. We drove five and a half yeah. hours to get here from Maine. And, uh, you we know, here at one. one o'clock, we parked in the parking garage, changed our clothes. We ended up coming here. We thought, no problem, we're going to get in front row. And then we realized people had been waiting here since Tuesday. They yeah, drove no. all the way. It probably cost $1,000. On the way home, I'm going to get my tubes tied. <laughs> Ugh. All right. You know, to make that a lot easier is a leash. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Should we do these calls? Yes. Oh, Richie was in a race car at PIR this morning. I totally oh, I forgot about it. All this excitement, I forgot about that. So we'll do that later. Um, well, let's do these calls, then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Oh, hey, Rick. I was going to... Uh... I think the problem with bicycles and motorists is both sides have, like, these guys that kind of ruin it for everybody else. Bad apples, like, sir. I live I live in Tualatin, which is zigzag with bike lanes. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. The problem I have with bicycles, and it's only these few individuals, is the guy where there's a bike lane, but the guy chooses to ride in the middle of the street. Oh, anywhere. yeah, no, I see that guy, too. I hate that guy. And in Tualatin, there's a big, there's a major street that is a very steep hill. And they choose to ride in the street up that hill at, you know, five miles an hour with cars behind them. And that's too, and it's just, it's very and, indig- and that's the thing. It's the, it's the aggressively pro bike guy. And can we all agree on this, by the way? The more articles of, like, the more words uh, that are on your clothing as a cyclist, the, the bigger a jerk you are. Like, the more, the more hardcore bike clothing you have on and the tighter your clothing fits. It's always the little side glasses. Especially when it's the 250-pound guy in the spandex Lance Armstrong outfit. Totally, and it's like with the bright yellow outfit and whatever, you know, and they all just like the form-fitting snug thing that's just like pro bike on the side or whatever. That guy's a complete bastard. Uh, there's like a direct, there's like a direct correlation between the amount of, uh, let's see, uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, hello. Hey, is this me? Ah. Oh, oh, hello, yeah. it says that Wait. you're Ethan. Uh, no, I was, the call wasn't even screened. Uh, that's good. Thanks, yeah. Richie. <laughs> no, no, uh, I don't think, <laughs> what are you doing in there? What are you doing in there? Sleeping. Sleeping? Weeping? Well, you're, you're what? I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> you're trying to sleep? <laughs> you you do know you're at work, right? I'm sorry, am I interrupting you? Are we are we interrupting your shut eye? <laughs> I can't even be angry at that. That's just stupid. <laughs> I'm trying to what are you doing in there? I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> you rude person. I think what I admire about that is just the honesty of it. That there was no like, oh no, I'm resting my eyes. Well, okay. Sorry, we'll be quiet. Uh, hi, hon. How are you? Hi there. Good. I I just had to call in on the bicycle thing. By the way, hey. Richie Richie has just post screened your call in all caps. It just says wife. <laughs> Thanks, Richie. I appreciate that. 
How can so, I? How can I? How can I help you? A um, the bicycle site that I use to um, to get from here to there, the best route is called bicycle.org. B y c y c l e. Oh, bicycle! Like I'm going bicycle. Bicycle.org. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's a good one that um, plans it around uh, bike bike routes and bike lanes and whatnot. Right. So it's it's a good thing. Um, and then I had to clear my friend Elisa's name. She did not get a ticket. What instead she got was like some stupid car yelling at her as she was stopping at a stop sign. Oh, I thought she no, got ticketed. No, oh. no, this. Uh, this car yelled, don't forget to stop, and she was stopping at a stoplight. Oh, oh, that's a real bastard move. That... Yeah. I mean, and this is like, it's pissing me off so much, they're going to get me into the rabid bike camp if if this... They're going to push up. you into extremism. Exactly. Like, my instinct then, if I had heard that, would be like, don't forget to keep on using fossil fuel and whatnot, and I'm not that girl, you you're, know? You're really, but it's making you that that girl. It is. It is. Don't it's forget to keep supporting terrorism. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, do you feel better? I do. All right. Hey, but on the bright side, you get to go to Kennewick tomorrow. I do. All right. I do. All right. All right. Thank you. Bye. I right. love you. All right. There you go. Wife. I no, I echo her too. I mean, because you don't want to be a crazy bike Nazi person, but like if people keep treating you like crap because they've had bad experiences with bicyclists, you don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, and... see, I thought she got a ticket, but that's almost worse that she's stopped. Uh, not my wife, but her friend Elisa is actually stopped, and the car goes by going, "Don't forget to stop!" Like that's like a, "Don't forget to bleed when I'm stabbing you later." Ugh. All right, let's do one more, and then we'll we'll take a uh, let's do uh, one more call, then one more story, then we'll take a break. Um, do we want a glorious bastard question, a bike question, or something about Miley Cyrus? I'd say Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus. All right. That's happier. Hi, <laughs> you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Uh, good day, Rick Emerson. Hello, and we'll get to these other, if you're on hold about glorious bastarding or biking, uh, we'll get to you around the corner, so don't go anywhere. Hi, how can, how can I help you, sir? Well, um, okay, so I went to New York a couple, two summers ago, I guess it was. And we stumbled across the Today Show being on in one of these uh, summer mini concerts, mm -hmm. and Rihanna was playing. <clears throat> and um, if you've ever been to New York, which I have just the one time, uh, it just smells like sewage everywhere. <laughs> and, and the only place to stand to, like, see the back of Rihanna's drummer's head was right next to, you know, a sewer grate. <laughs> and after about uh, 20 seconds of hearing S.O.S., I said, you know what, Let, can we just go and uh, let's go over there by Matt Lauer or something, and, and then we did. <laughs> the end. Um, it's just all sorts of horrible. So the people who are sitting in New York in the humidity right now smelling just sewage, um, yeah, have a good time with that. Hope Miley was worth it. Yeah, that's Well, we thought, you know, Laura and I thought that when we went uh, to Times Square uh, for New Year's Eve, because I told the story, but we... we Saved up so that on New Year's Eve we could stay at a hotel in Times Square. So we stayed at the Crown Plaza in Times Square, which is oh my gosh, we stayed there. Yeah, it's I mean it was expensive, but it was worth it because we would look down from our hotel room window at the commoners and we saw people starting to gather for the New Year's Eve for the ball drop or whatever at like 8 a.m. No toilets, no water, no food, no leaving, no reentry, no nothing. And I honestly don't know how those people did it. it seems like they all should have died. Uh, well, fortunately, there's like four or five or six Starbucks right there. 
Well, Planet Hollywood and Hard Rock Cafe are all right there, and I mean it's that's how they they right there. They must have done that because what they did for us is the hotel uh, as a service to people staying there that night. At like five minutes to midnight, they just had like a special escort where we went down the hotel, you know, down the elevator, out of the lobby. They escorted us out. We looked at the ball, the ball hit it, and we, you know, and then we took our picture, and then we went right back into the hotel uh, and felt really above it all. It was a great night. It's a beautiful thing. Right. If I may comment about the uh, bicyclists, yes. Uh, to go with the bicyclists um, and just their some of their brazen behavior and pulling in front of a, a vehicle uh, such as a car or a truck that, yeah, pull pull out there. It takes you one second to pull over. It'll take us four or five seconds to stop as we're sliding over your body. Um, you know, <laughs> eat your head. I'm just a saying. Thank you, sir. Head. All right, there you go. I love that guy. Jeffrey Dahmer. All right, let's take a break. Back after this, ladies and germs. Uh, Tim Riley returns around the corner with more from the Ministry of Truth. Uh, if you're on hold, hang tight. We'll get your calls as well. Oh, we do have to do the Glorious Bastard of the Week. Glorious Bastard this week wins Season 1 of Mad Men on DVD. Oh, the new season premieres this Sunday night at 10. Have you seen that DVD set that the Mad Men thing comes in? Looks like a giant Zippo lighter. Oh, I like that. Oh, it's fantastic. And the DVDs all look like little flames inside. It's It's great. Back after this, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Coming up next hour... Uh, with Dr. Richie Bristol, who was in a pace car at PIR this morning, and I guess there's video footage or audio or something of it. He's, it, was, it was captured somehow. Uh, so I think we're going to talk to Richie about that. We'll get it up on the station website uh, later on today. Uh, we still have all these unanswered questions about his horror trip coming up. So uh, yes, this is the last day we can discuss the horrors, right? So we, yes, we we got to do that next hour. Talk a little bit more about your high school reunion, which is coming up. Uh, let's see uh, what else. Uh, top five Sarah Dillon prom slow dance songs. Aaron Duran's going to be in later. Uh, the talk about the X Files movie. To be honest, one of all of them are slow songs except for the honorable mention. But I couldn't leave it out because it was everywhere. In 1998, you couldn't go anywhere without hearing it. Ah, uh, see, now I don't even... Uh, see, I almost want to write down my own guesses. Maybe I'll do that. Here. Okay. Uh, we'll continue with the news in one moment. This is, let's see, uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, hi, Rick. What's up? Yeah, uh, don't take me wrong, uh -oh. but about the bicycle... Is this about my uh, wife not cleaning up after the dog? <laughs> no, uh, you know, like I told Richie, I, I got a four-wheel drive that guzzles gas like crazy, but I also got a VW Bug and a motorcycle and a bike. But why is it, if there's that many bicyclists in Portland that, you know, and they're always, you know, they're always crying about the roads and stuff, why why aren't they charged to feed like the, vehicle, the other vehicles so that they can have their bike trails and all that stuff? Well, I would say this. Somebody the other day was suggesting that bicycles uh, be licensed or permitted or whatever, and I think that probably is just a logistical nightmare, but I would agree with you maybe on this, that, that if you are a certain kind of bike rider, in other words, if it's not a kid buying, you know, like you're not buying like your kid a Huffy at Walmart. If you yeah. if you buy a certain kind of bicycle, it seems like maybe they just ought to put a small tax on that uh, that goes toward maintenance of bike lanes. We well, yeah, used yeah. to get bicycle stickers uh, when I was growing. Really? Up. Is that true? Yeah, and you had to pay a yearly fee. And you yeah, put a in, in, in California. 
In huh. California, when I when I used to live in California, you had to register your bike and stuff. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I I think that, that maybe if you're going to be I don't know if you're going to be some guy who's commuting through downtown a lot or in traffic or again maybe it's because somebody here this is an interesting analogy. But somebody proposed this for the music industry when the MP3 thing was first starting. Somebody said, well. I think in England they said, well, look, the, the record industry is complaining about lost revenue to MP3 and to Napster and to file sharing. And they said, why don't you just put a small tax on blank CDs and CD burners, which are the things you use you know, with, with pirated music, and then that will go to the record industry to cover their losses, blah, blah, blah. So maybe you could do something like that where there's some sort of small tax on bicycle products or bicycle goods and services that yeah. then go to the road maintenance. That's not a bad idea. And the and the other thing is that barking you heard earlier. Yes. That that could have been coming from one of the websites that Richie's checking out. It could have been one of the girls. Oh boy! Can I tell you that somebody sent me a <laughs> somebody sent me a picture of one of the girls at Sherry's Ranch, and they were telling Richie to look very closely for an Adam's apple. So and, right. And just so he knows, I'm old enough to where the first time I I went to, I've been to Mustang Ranch a few times with Buddy. All right. Thank you, my friend. Good times. <laughs> Thank you, sir. All right. There you go. Oh, the sometimes internet gets it, that one. Sometimes it pays to listen online. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's stop taking phone calls Hi, for a second. Oh, all right. My Jesus. <laughs> you got what the hell? I don't know. All right. Hey, Richie, you want to talk to these? Why do people call? And then swear. And then hang, or no, I don't even, I don't even know that was, but hang up the, or like set the phone down and not, all right. Oh, I'm not. No, no, no. It's, I'm just saying. Oh, no. Just saying. I was it looking forward. It sounded like what I think you think, thought. I it was. was looking forward to his question. Uh, here's Tim oh, Riley. I uh, was. It was a question about. Uh, well, never mind. Doesn't matter because we're not going to get to hear it now. Here's Tim Riley. Well, all right then. Yeah, all right then. Uh, Portland police have identified the victim of a stabbing that occurred last night in the 8100 block of Northeast Beach Street. 45-year-old Tracy Scott Walls is reportedly in intensive care at OHSU. Apparently, it'll be several days before detectives are able to interview the victim. The suspect, 56-year-old Willie Hawkins, has been booked in the Justice Center on charges of attempted murder, first-degree assault, and unlawful use of a weapon. Some people just can't behave themselves. Uh, then Hillsboro police say investigators are, quote, regrouping as they try to figure out how to catch this guy who escaped. We talked about this a little bit later. Uh, and they think they shot him, but they're not sure. They found a little bit of blood, but uh, not enough to kill somebody. So this guy's still on the run. This happened early this morning when they responded to Northeast 9th Avenue and Catherine Street. That's where 32-year-old Sean Hawkins, who has a history of crime, including DUI fraud and theft. An officer, uh, a shot was fired by an officer as he tried to drive a pickup truck toward them. So now he's... Out there on the run, probably bleeding in somebody's yard. Boy, can I just tell you, speaking of a cop shooting at you as you're driving toward them, so I was watching, I finished up watching the movie Heat last night, which I hadn't seen for a few years. Have we all seen the movie Heat? Who's in that? No. Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Val Kilmer, um, John Voight, uh, Jeremy Piven, um, uh, uh, what's her name, uh, Ashley Judd. You haven't seen Heat? No. I don't think so. you got to see Heat. Heat is perhaps, I don't know, I say this knowing I might incur the, the wrath of, of some geek over some movie that I've forgotten. Heat may be the best, certainly, heist film. It may... Better than Sneakers? Well, that's, I suppose, I guess if you put, maybe they're in different categories. That's like a caper film, maybe. Uh, I'll say that it's, it may be the best crime drama 
I mean, if you leave out, like, The Godfather, which is not really about crime, it's about a family, it, it may be the best crime drama ever made, period, hands down. Uh, and I hadn't seen it for maybe five or six years, but having seen The Dark Knight, because The Dark Knight, and I think Christopher Nolan has said this, that The Dark Knight drew a lot of its inspiration from Heat. Heat, which was made by, it was made by Michael Mann in 1996, and, um, and just, Heat has just got such a legacy to it. It's just, it cast such a big shadow over crime films that followed. But if you go back and you watch Heat, and then you watch The Dark Knight back-to-back, you really do, it does bring into stark relief how Christopher Nolan, there's a lot of heat uh, in, because because obviously Al Pacino is Batman and Robert De Niro is the Joker, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you've watched that. And also, here's the thing I didn't really, I'd forgotten about this. You know, in the beginning of The Dark Knight, when they're robbing the bank, and the bank manager comes out with the shotgun, and he starts taking down the clowns in the bank, and so there's, there's, they're, they're doing the bank job at the beginning of The Dark Knight, and the bank manager is like, do you know who you're stealing from? Mm-hmm. And he's like, that guy is actually a big character in Heat. That guy's is, in Go. I remember him as the Amway sales guy. Yeah, he's he's a mobster in Heat. And i got to figure that's got to be a, a, an homage because Nolan has talked about how Heat was such a big influence on The Dark Knight. If you get a chance, you got to watch it. It's, it's a masterpiece. It's flawless. But there is the I don't, most... I what you said about uh, all the heavenly creatures or whatever, and then I saw the whole, like, Lesbian scene. Well, that's a, that's a weird that's a weird extra lesborific version I didn't know <laughs> I did about. See the, the edited for lesborific content. And I mean, you know, depending on who you are, that might actually be the, the, the definitive version. Hey, the, 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 depending on how into the lesbian you are. There's a guy that walked in another room and he seemed to appreciate it. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, like my word for it. Watch it, like it, don't like it. But I no, mean, all, it's, the, all the cast members that you've said sound awesome. And you should see it if only to see. If only to, I mean, it's not like The Dark Knight ripped it off or anything. It's just that it was a big influence. It changed the way that crime movies were filmed. And it looks a lot like The Dark Knight or vice versa. And the relationship between Batman and the Joker is, I think, to some extent, drawn a little bit from the relationship between Al Pacino and Robert De Niro in this movie. Up to and including a long scene where they're in a room together talking about how they are on opposite sides but similar. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just, and it, but at, my point is, at the centerpiece, it's got the most it's got the most nerve-wracking, intense um, shootout scene that I think probably has ever been put on film. I mean, it's just, it's, and I had, I hadn't seen it for five or six years, and I watched it again last night, and it's just, it's, I mean, it's like a you are there. I mean, you are in the middle of it, and it's just, it was, it, it I'd forgotten how mind-blowing it was, and I'm glad that I waited a while and then saw The Dark Knight and then watched it again. So if you get a chance, maybe CD Game Exchange or wherever, go pick up a copy of Heat. It really is, uh, it is worth your while. Here's Tim Riley. So let's talk about this uh, former NASA astronaut and moonwalker, Edgar Mitchell, who claims aliens do in fact exist. He is a uh, 77-year-old veteran of the Apollo 14 mission. Is, this, is it yesterday already? Yes, it is. But we haven't heard him speak yet. Oh, I see. Oh, you okay. haven't talked? I'm sorry. Yes, I do. <laughs> I didn't mean to be snippy just then. I just thought that maybe there was a little amnesia happening somewhere I've in the room. I've never had a first-hand experience. I mean, I've never seen the UFO. But some of the old-timers of that period who were hushed up thought I would be credible, and they wanted to pass on their story before they passed on. So uh, I was contacted, and I was told their stories many years ago. He sounds credible. Yes. I don't even understand what he's saying, though. What he's, he's saying that uh, years have passed and other astronauts have told him their UFO sightings and whatnot. Oh, I'm yes. I'm the first one to admit that probably you see all kinds of weird stuff up, uh, up there. Um, was it uh, was it John Glenn that said that? We, and this is in the right stuff. Uh, the 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 book uh, was it John Glenn that said when he was orbiting, it's like there were he saw what looked like clouds of uh, fireflies outside of the capsule window. 
I think it was John Glenn. And he's up there and he's all like, like circling the earth in his capsule. And he looked outside the window at one point. He said he saw what looked like a cloud of fireflies floating outside the uh, the window. And John Glenn's nobody's idea of a nutcase. I mean, he's... Uh, That's cool and yeah, creepy. It's totally... I mean, look, there's... As Stephen King said, there are things in the corners of this universe that would uh, draw you... Uh, what is it? There are things in the corners of this universe that would make you mad to stare them in the face. When I think about him saying that, it just reminds me of that thing from The Mist with the te- with the tentacles, like the woolly mammoth looking like Oh, totally... No. Here's Tim Riley. Well, since that worked so well, let's have another one from yesterday. <laughs> Richard Simmons speaking before Congress. What have we done to the kids of the United States of America? This is wrong. And I will dedicate the rest of my life. And Chairperson George Miller, I just may run for office to help this really get through and not have one kid feel lousy about himself because he can't throw a ball. One kid who cannot run a mile, he cannot be made fun of. Boy, is there a more inappropriate administration for him to be talking in front of than the George W. Bush administration? Yes. You know, you know that George W. Bush and all of his family members are probably locked inside the White House until Richard Simmons leaves Washington, D.C. Uh, a Beverly Hills security guard at the Hilton said he intervened earlier this week between tabloid reporters who were chasing down John Edwards. Now, Fox News reports the guard said he found a shaken but ashen-faced Edwards in the restroom of the hotel trying to avoid reporters who were on the other side of the men's room. He said reporters were shouting questions at Edwards about real Hunter, a woman named in the National Enquirer as the mother of his loved child. Hunter? I barely knew her. The tabloid had reported that Edwards was at the hotel earlier in the evening visiting Hunter and the baby. The security guard said the former North Carolina senator wanted to know what the reporters were asking. The Inquirer's editor-in-chief tells Fox News that Hunter was at the Los Angeles area hotel with a friend identified as Bob. He reportedly <laughs> picked up Edwards to take him to the Beverly Hilton. The paper says it has videotape of Edwards leaving the same hotel where she met him after leaving Hunter's room at approximately 2.30 a.m. Edwards was confronted by tabloid reporters in the hotel basement? He later ran to the restroom where he stayed until he was escorted out by a security guard. He barricaded himself in the bathroom, apparently. Mm -hmm. Now, Inquirer reporters Alan Butterfield and Alexander Hitchin filed a criminal complaint with the Beverly Hills Police Department yesterday, charging that hotel security acted unlawfully while the reporters were trying to question the senator. Edwards could now... uh, be contacted by police to give an eyewitness account of what happened. Hotel security tried to stop the reporters from questioning Edwards in the basement at 2.40 a.m. This happened on Tuesday after Edwards came off an elevator, appeared to be uh, attempting to leave the hotel unseen. So, and I guess part. we were, uh, so on, on the Michael Mara show last night, so Michael Mara, uh, which airs on this very fine radio station from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Monday to Friday. So on the Michael Mara show, the guy who actually came face-to-face with Edwards was, they were interviewing him yesterday. And I guess part of the irony here is that they were making a little bit of a fuss. They were kind of raising a ruck because the cops were there to sort of try to broom everybody out. Like, I guess Edwards at one point, as I understand, I guess Edwards called security. Mm-hmm. And Edwards was like, get these people off me. And then the Inquirer, God love them, the Inquirer then made their own complaint saying, well, wait a minute. He's not a registered guest of the hotel, but we are. So the Inquirer guys all had all checked in. They were all had rooms. Mm -hmm. And so when Edwards was like, get these guys away from me, the Inquirer's like, hey, we're staying at the hotel, pal. We got rooms. Why are you here? So 
<laughs> I mean, you got to just uh, right there between the fifth and sixth ribs. So, good times. Richie, um, if I answer these calls, w- will I regret it? I'm sorry. He's probably sleeping. Forgive me. Don't disturb him, Rick. That's just rude. All right. Let's try these again. Richie's not just typing in NetSpeak. IDK. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Well, let's find out. Let's try these again. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. This me? Hello. Hi, it's you. How can I help you? Hi, Rick. Hey. And Sarah and Tim. Hello. Oh, hi. Sure everybody. Hello. Hey. Um, I'm one of your passive listeners, but I wanted to call in about the bicycle topic that you had. Okay. Um, you called out, I know you're just joking, and called out about the Lance Armstrong guys, you know, and how they're bastards and out there riding. Well, I just, I, it's not that they're bad people, I'm just, well. And not all of them. But I was saying it sort of jokingly. I guess my, my thing is, uh, the more uh, bike product related lettering that's on your clothes, uh, yes. the more likely it is that you're just going to be a jerk. That's, well, I can't, I can't agree with you on that, because um, I have a team that comes over here and races actually for the foundation, and they're very professional cyclists. And I don't want anybody going out there and, and going close to them, and they actually wear Lance Armstrong gear. And I just want to be let people know that there are – Oregon happens to be one of the biggest places to ride and race your bike, and it's full of lettering. There are a lot of professional people here, and I don't want them lumped in. All right. Well, fair enough. It was said largely for satiric purposes. I will say also, and I think the other caller echoed what you're saying, that there is a difference between the guys who are sort of the real deal – and then uh, the guy who just uh, got it into his head one day that he ought to pedal occasionally, and he goes right to the, like he goes sort of Debbie from single style to the store and just lays down a grand and has them outfit him as though he were a real cyclist, and just but then gets on the road and doesn't know what the hell he's doing. That is the perfect analogy because, you know, the real guys are actually out there helping the people sure. who, like, get flat tires and do stuff like that. They're actually calm and very courteous, and they move over, and they do all that. And so I just want to make sure that, you know, hey, this is a big cycling community out here, and there are a lot of professional people here that are kind and courteous. It's I want to make sure they get their, their, their lights, too. And we should also give uh, props to, uh, I don't know what the group is, but it's that group of folks that I think on the, the, the final Thursday of every month or the third Thursday of every month, they're on the uh, west side of the Hawthorne Bridge, and I think it's the third Thursday of every month. Yeah, the BTA, the Bicycle Transportation yeah. Allowance. Yeah. They give out coffee and food. And, and they do like free tune-ups, and they're like, we're like a, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll like, you know, they'll like uh, go give your bike a quick once-over or whatever while you're there. Yeah, and they have like a coffee and whatnot. And that's yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So those guys are good. So I've actually, I've actually stopped and talked to those guys a few different times. So they're good as well. All right. Awesome. What, what is your name? Noreen. All right, Noreen, you call us anytime. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Rick. Bye. Thank you. All right, there you go. Well, that was pleasant. She's one of the good ones. She is. She's part of the solution, Tim. Here's Tim Riley on KCMD Portland. What you do with a piglet with a monkey's face? Villagers are shocked after a monkey-like piglet has been born in China. Curious, the locals are flocking to the home of Feng Chingling after news of the piglet spread to the village. It's hideous. No one will be able to buy it. It scares the family even to look at it. The piglet looks just like a monkey, has two thin lips. Are they sure it's not a monkey? And two big eyes. Are they sure it's not a monkey, Tim? Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Oh, I can't look at it. Look at it. Oh, you don't want to see it. Look at the piglet. You don't want to see it. Look at the piglet. You don't want to see it. What, Tim? Look at the piglet. That's the worst the thing I've ever... Is it a pig face or a pig with a monkey face? It's a pig with a monkey face. I'm actually holding the piece of paper down with my hand so it doesn't flutter up and look at me. That's like a Dr. Moreau piglet. Okay, do you want to see it? Yes. Yes. Okay, ask me once more. I want to see the pig with a monkey face. 
Please. I wish I hadn't seen that. Really? It's going to haunt your dreams. Okay. Picture this thing coming in a window late at night. What is going on That's there? what I'm saying. You're pulling the paper away in horror. It's awful. Don't do oh, don't. It like has like fly eyes, don't, don't, too. Don't sit. Don't, <laughs> I, I don't want to see it. I've already Who's looked. No, no, eyes? no, no. I don't want to see it anymore. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah, that no, makes me feel. the. No, that's the awful brown no. feeling. Okay, turn that face down, please. I don't wish to see that. Okay, somebody has to post that on their blog, but it's not going to be me because I don't want to look at it. I'm going to my face page. All right. I don't want to look at that thing anymore. <laughs> Speaking of the mist, Jesus, oh. that's a creature that shouldn't live. Why does it look that way, Tim? It's from China. Well, I don't think that's just... <laughs> I don't know that that necessarily gives the full explanation, but so can you now having but seen it... say our son loves to play with it, and he stopped us from getting rid of it. He even feeds it milk. Oh, God. Can you, uh, can you read the story again? <gasps> you just saw it in color, didn't you? Oh, my God. Yeah. You have to post it on the MySpace that you've committed, though. Right now. Okay. Villagers are shocked after a monkey-like piglet has been born in China. Curious locals flock to the home of the owner, Feng Chingling, after news of the piglet spread to the nearby village. It's hideous. No one will ever be willing to buy it, and it scares the family even to look at it. It scares me to look at it on black and white on a piece of paper. The piglet looks like a monkey, has oh. two thin lips, a small nose, two big eyes. Its rear legs are also much longer than its four legs, causing it to jump instead of walk. Oh, it jumps! That means it can go for your face. It's a jumping dead-eyed pig monkey. My God, it is so scary. Jumps up to kiss you. It was. it was really frightening. Our son loves to play with it. Jumps and he stopped us from getting rid of it. Neighbors have suggested the couple keep the piglet to see how it looks when it matures. It's going to look big and evil and <laughs> covered in your blood. That's what it's going to look like. Uh, Rick, I've seen it in color. You have to look at it in color. Oh, come on. I don't want to see it again. You post it, and people... You'll be able to go... Are you posting it? Maybe I'll go here in a bit. You'll, this will be seen at uh, myspace.com slash Rick Emerson yes, on the comments. Right Sarah is posting it. I don't want this to be one of those people go. you're looking at pictures on the radio and I can't see it. You'll be able to see this at myspace.com, but you don't want to, I say, knowing that it's being posted in a place where you'll have no choice but to see it. Oh. I wish I hadn't looked at that. Oh, wait till you see it in color. Why? Why? It's like all like peach colored how and eyes that, are translucent. How did that come to exist? God. Oh, God. Now, see, that's now they're, they're, I mean, look, there either is no God or there, or God is crazy. God is on acid. There's someone for everyone. There's no one for that. Well, I guess the kid okay, loves it, though. The son loves it. The son loves it. Is it on my, my space page? I just had to do All right. like Hold on a second. Thing. Jesus. Well, that's so that... It... If they made a bunch of uh, stuffed ones in his likeness, they could become the new Cabbage Patch Kids. The kids will love it. Oh, God. That is not right. I want to put that thing on a T-shirt so I can't see it, but everybody else can, and just wear it around the mall. Why is it hairy? I don't know. Because it's not of this All earth. Right, it's on there. It is, Sarah, the thing that should not be. It's the color of... It's the color of space. Tim, I love you for finding these stories. Yeah, but seriously, That's that is job. messed up. That is not right. I can't overstate how horrible this Look thing at it is. In color. I'm waiting. It's the, the thank God the CBS uh, MySpace, the my CBS the broadband is very slow. Everybody, go look at it now. I can't. I'm still waiting for it to load. Honestly, it's just not that. I know. I know. I'll take the bullet. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. For the love of sweet holy zombie Jesus. Yeah, uh, that, that sounds pretty horrifying, right? You should uh, go look at it. Yeah, I, I have a. a 
uh, like I'll say a partial explanation for the monkey face pig. Um, I, I was one time, I believe I was reading the dictionary as, uh, as is my want. And, uh, I stumbled on something called monkey face disease, which is a, uh, a livestock illness that sheep get. And so I've seen pictures like a hand drawn picture of a sheep with monkey face disease where the, the eyes are really close together and it has no snout. And so I don't know if pigs can get it, but that's, now, this, I don't know, and I don't remember if it's a genet- genetic mutation or like a, a virus or what. But uh, I, I always used to, when I first saw George W. Bush, I said, "Well, he looks like a sheep with monkey face disease," and no one ever, <laughs> no one ever knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> and even and no one disagreed. The uh, I have to say, by the way, you know what the closest thing I can think of? Hold, on, I'm looking at it in color. Ah! And it looks more human too, oh, that peachy color. It than can this. think. Um, here's here's the thing. It reminds me of that sequence in uh, the, the 70s, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, where there's that, like, goat thing with the human face that comes up and goes... Oh, isn't it a dog? Doesn't a guy, like, a, a homeless bum falls asleep next to his dog, and, like, when they come out of the pod, the aliens, like, merged him? Yeah, it's like, uh, like a, it's like a dog with a human face yeah, or something. That is horrifying. Seriously. All right, well, anyway, that's all I have. Thank Thanks you. For... Bye. Bye. Yeah, that's, that's right now at myspace.com slash Rick Emerson. Jesus. I gotta go look at something to get that out of my head. All right. Can you crumple that story up? I wish we could shred that with extreme prejudice. The piglet with a monkey's face. You have to talk about that uh, later today. I'm a crumbling it up there. All right. I know you're not listening all the time. Well, I'll be listening. I just won't be looking. You don't have to do it. But seriously, I'm just saying somebody else. That we can't be the only ones to suffer, Tim. Did you find that, or did somebody send that to you? I found it. Oh, oh Tim always finds that. Thank stuff. you, Tim. I think. Oh, God, I can't stop looking at it now. Like, I'll I put see. it on my no. Uh, no, I'm, I, I can and did stop looking. Oh, did you find it as horrifying as we did, Tim? No. Really? Mm-mm. Well, here's somebody. Rick, I'm sorry. Pig monkey is cute, says this email. <laughs> Pig monkey is cute. Well, all right. There you go. I can't. I can't abide that creature existing. I'm sorry. No, yeah. I don't. I don't it's see a, it. I... That is a violation of God's law. And here's Tim Riley. Here's something else that's weird. I finally watched it last night. It was Love Me... Love my doll. Oh, yeah. Oh, how was it? Well, I'm going to play a clip here. They're showing a house with birds tweeting in an upscale neighborhood. Is this, this the... This is Michigan, USA. Is this the, um... The BBC The kind series. of alternative-looking black guy? Let's see Apparently, here. I'm living with my parents. Yeah. It's a little embarrassing. I think there is definitely a sense of disappointment... We're living in each other's pockets. I mean, it's the sort of problem that's like brought to the fore literally every other day. I think um, the thing my father finds really difficult his name is about Dave Cash. relationship with Shichan Shichan is the fact that she's not alive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Steph. Can you back that up? I stepped on it. I'm sorry. This is yeah. This is I thought he was living with my parents. It's a little embarrassing. So, guy with a real doll. I think there is definitely a sense of disappointment. We're living in each other's pockets. I mean, it's the sort of problem that's like brought to the fore literally every other day. I think um, the thing my father finds really difficult about my relationship with Shichan is the fact that she's not alive. (laughs) So that is the same documentary I saw. Uh, how fascinating is that? And if you didn't watch it last night, it's gone. I went to the website. There are some others on this weekend. For instance, Too Ugly to Love. <laughs> the story of Pig Monkey. 
<laughs> um, the uh, or is it monkey pig? Monkey pig. Um, the uh, by the way though, so uh, it's gone. It's gone now. It's not even on their schedule. Gone from this place. But you, you can, can go to YouTube. But you can see well, and you know where else you can see it in its entirety is it uh, Google Video. Oh. If you go to except in America, that's the BBC one right now. In America, they called it Love Me, Love My Doll. Yes. The original title is Guys and Dolls, oh, which that's I think terrific. I think they had to change it for the American market because of cop or trademark issues. Oh, okay. Uh, so if you look at video dot google dot com. Where there's lots of like full-length movies and documentaries and public, you know, domain stuff. If you look for guys and dolls, uh, or love me, love my doll, you should be able to watch the whole thing on Google Video, which is where I saw it. Uh, Two hundred forty-five thousand people have watched this. Clip. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. It's no that it, and so that that was the, was that the one I described with him and there's uh -huh. the, with the creepy like southern guy with the two dolls. One of the comments is, "I wish my boyfriend would rub my feet like that." <laughs> <laughs> the weird, the worst one, though, wasn't that that guy was like, with real women, you have to do what they like. With the real dolls, it's all about what I want. And he's just, and he's like some stringy-haired, like, rock dude, like, living in a shack in the Appalachians. Ugh. Mm -hmm. And then, so just so I am sure, he's, and then there was the British guy, right? Yep. Who's like the RAF veteran, who seems relatively normal. And yet there he is, like, paragliding with a sponge or whatever. Like, it's, like, dressed, like dressed up in women's clothes. Mm -hmm. She, Sean. It's that she's not alive. And then he sent her away to be repaired. Yeah. And she came back as good as new. Yeah, he puts her in her, a crate. Her joints were getting loose. But then they talk to that guy who, who, like, makes his living repairing real dolls. And I think at some point, doesn't he say, like... Well, I, I had sex with it just to see what it was like, uh, but uh, but it's weird. Like some guys fix TVs, he fixes real dolls. Ten grand, and then they talk to the. I think that they talk to the guy who created the real doll. And they have one guy that bought eight of them. Jesus! Oh, that's right. That's right. Where it's like he's he's hooking up with that girl. Yeah. And he has to break the news. Look, I've got eight real dolls. Uh, just you know. Yeah. Rick, I have bad news for you about the season three of Dexter. They took it down. The the trailer is gone uh -huh. already. It was a Comic-Con only thing. Damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. Well, it'll be back up. All right, I'm sorry. I'm still rattled by Monkey Pig. It's, it's haunting my dreams. All right, here's Tim Riley. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. I, it's, it's kind of freaking me out. That's right, I'm a professional. I'll get past it. A 43-year-old woman was arrested after being seen running at a central Florida public park naked during a risque game of truth or dare with teenagers. Uh, Jennifer Russell of North Smyrna Beach faces charges of lewd and lascivious conduct after the incident at Whistlestop Park. She was spotted running near a park bathroom carrying a shirt while wearing only a bra. Uh, teens who were with her, uh, oh, she provided them with alcohol, and uh, the teenagers asked her to expose <laughs> her breast to them, which she complied to do. That's just sad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fantastic. Wow. Uh, hey, here's a s couple of sample comments about Monkey Pig. Um, this one just Monkey says... Pig. All... Monkey Pig sounds like Smelly Cat from oh. <laughs> Friends. Monkey Pig. <laughs> from all caps. Holy God, kill it with fire. Uh, here's another one. That's the most horrific thing I've ever seen, and a clear sign that the apocalypse is upon us. Dear sweet Jesus. This is the scariest part of the Monkey Pig story, Rick. Quote, but our son likes to play with it, and he even feeds it milk. What is going on in China, says Kelly in Tannisborn. I don't really know. All right, here's Tim Riley. Oh, I think they're having a celebration in Tannisborn. Old Tannisborn days. Is it Monkey something? Pig days? It might be. <laughs> it's the year of the Monkey Pig. The year of the Monkey Pig. <laughs> 
so Tannis born days, something like that. Well, that's that's just so unimaginative. Just creative, like two years ago. <laughs> I was say, remember way back when? With that's needlessly self-referential. <laughs> Tannis born days. Welcome to sure days, that, days. I'm not sure if that was. It used to be just a field with with weeds. <laughs> I mean, that is just a, that's a whole planned community that just went from zero to finished in like a day and a half. They're still, they're still building it. What is it you're even reminiscing about? The days right. be, before there was a whole food store. You remember the days we put down or the earnest money? <laughs> I suppose, remember when they opened a Cold Stone? Let's have a big day of Wayback Celebration. Welcome to Tannisborn Days, Days. Here's Tim Riley. Well, there are things going on elsewhere. Let's go to Europe now for the Cannibal Watch. Here's your Cannibal Watch for uh, Friday on the Rick Emerson Show. Surprisingly, Barack Obama didn't even witness uh, or make reference to this event. A horror film has been banned in Germany because it infringes on the personality rights of a German man who ate and killed a voluntary victim. Remember the old cannibal guy? Uh, Rottenberg is a horror film about a man who engages in very similar acts as Armand Muse, who was arrested in 2002 and convicted of murder in 2005. He took his case of personality rights, which he said were infringed upon by the film's portrayal of a story that is clearly about him. The Frankfurt Court agreed that the film, whose uh, title is a pun on the place Rothenberg and German for raw, is clearly about Muse. It finds he has personality rights. They're much more important than the right of artistic expression, and therefore bans the showing of the film to German audiences. The German Constitution contains protections for the individual personality. It says, Every person shall have the right to free development of his personality insofar as he does not violate the rights of others or offend against the constitutional order or moral law. News advertised online for someone to kill and eat. Uh, Bert Jurgen Brendes responded to his advertisement and tried to join Muse in eating his own severed penis before he was killed. And wow! Well, he didn't, he didn't want to share. <laughs> uh, Muse was arrested in 2004 and convicted of manslaughter. He, uh, he's uh, serving an eight-and-a-half-year jail term. That's not bad. So he'll be free to eat again pretty soon. Reports have emerged that in prison he has become a vegetarian. <laughs> uh... There's your cannibal watch. Cannibal watch. Sometimes I don't even want to leave the studio. No. I mean, you have the monkey pig. You have cars running down bicyclists willy-nilly. You have that guy cutting off somebody's member and cooking it. This thing's I just want to get a pillow and I want to stay down here behind our electronically sealed doors forever. I just don't even want to go outside sometimes. Ugh, now people are just sending me pictures of mutant animals. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm. All right, here's Tim Riley. Will Farrow and Adam McKay announced they were planning a sequel to their popular comedy, Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. Uh, Steve Carroll will also be returning to reprise his role as Brick Tamlin. No word yet on the rest of the original cast. Well, so I, it's okay. I mean, it's not, uh, you know, not such a bad idea. Oh, by the way, speaking of Anchorman, so uh, I've been talking about this this trailer DVD I was watching. It was like all of these sort of softcore trailers, and like kind of quasi like grindhouse trailers and whatever. And I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you or not. I got to bring it in because there's this trailer, and it's one of those like sort of you know like 
women who surrender to lust in a, like one of those like kind of slap and tickle films sort of. Yes. Uh, and I swear to God that the guy doing the trailer is Bill Curtis. I swear to God. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to bring it in and we'll play it on the air next week. I swear to God, though, that it's it's that it's Bill Curtis uh, doing it. So I mean, it, it remains to be seen. Um, just like Richard Belzer is the breather in the film Student Bodies, and just like the narrator of Texas Chainsaw Massacre is John Larroquette, I think the narrator of this like uh, this whatever this sex film is is Bill Curtis. But I'm going to bring it in so we can judge for ourselves. The British version of The Office is being made after a licensing deal was agreed upon between the BBC and Russia's Channel One. A total of 24 half-hour episodes will be recorded, and producers can develop their own scripts, which do not have to follow the original British plots. No details on the new show's cast have yet been announced. I can't even imagine what the British office, like, would consist of, or the uh, Russian office would consist of. Mm -hmm. Are they fighting over the last remaining pen? A chair with one wheel. (laughs) That's, I mean, really. I mean, what is... What is it? Is it just a whole yeah. people who disappear during lunch and come back eaten? <laughs> <laughs> is it just an entire an, an entire series of people informing on each other? Probably. <laughs> uh, I hear Dimitri talking bad about party. Uh, okay. Jesus. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How you doing? I'm traumatized by the monkey pig. <laughs> hey, uh, congratulations on your latest award. Thank you, sir. And I was curious about the glorious bastard. If you are listed as the Glorious Bastard, are you notified via email? Uh, the Glorious Bastard of the Week? Yes. Uh, yes, although I don't believe, because we haven't announced it yet, the email probably hasn't gone out. So, um, we're go- in fact, I'll do that into the next break. We will right here. I hold the name of this week's Glorious Bastard of the Week, who wins Season 1 of Mad Men on DVD. We'll announce it into the next break, sir. Okay, and uh, I was just curious also, are you going to get a stronger signal Anytime soon. Well, we have to get... <laughs> what would be the fun... Where's the challenge in that, sir? So I'm going down... I'm, there's a big dead space from, like, ID4205 Rocky Butte out to about, oh, I don't know, Sandy. I believe it's called the uh, I-84, sir. It's uh, been yes, the same yes. way since 1926. I'll be going along, and then I get to listen to Michael Medved for, you know, until I get out of the... And that's really... Nobody should that. have to do that. They've actually exactly. been... We we actually uh, it's not just us the whole the whole clusters they say they've been doing some work on the transmitters so they have been things have been up and down and they've had to um, to go to uh, the nighttime or directional pattern there recently. are stealing our copper. Well, uh, that I mean, and I think uh, honestly, I think what it is is they there must have been some horrific accident that happened at some point in the past because I think the deal is recently they've had to not just us but all of CBS there've been guys climbing the towers and I think there's something about. If it's if if this if like if it's at full power, it's like an ow ow. Oh, my brain is burning, kind of a thing. So uh, hopefully in the near uh, in the near future that will be resolved. So yes, we've had some comments about that, but yet I guess there's a guy who's like strapped up to the top of the tower, like fixing a light bulb or something, and they don't want to radiate his testicles. He's go figure. For like a couple of weeks. Yeah. There you go. Thank you, sir. Uh, there's that guy. Let's do one more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Is this about the uh, is this about the monkey pig? It is about Rick Pig Baby. Rick Pig Baby. I thought we'd put all that behind us, sir. No, no, it, it will never be behind you. No, it's okay. gone in our memories. Oh, Rick, Rick, Rick. So I'm, I'm <laughs> no, I don't even understand what's going on here. Yes? I'm, I'm looking online for that old picture from, from the art for the listener party. I'm just not finding it. The so Rick Pig. Yeah, and I'm going to morph it together with that other one and give it to you. Oh, and great. Thanks so much. Great. That's <laughs> wonderful. Thank you. That's you are very welcome. Rick. Okay. You yeah. So much. yeah you, have, right. you have a good day. I will. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. 
What's everybody looking at me for? Uh, let's do one more, then I'll read the Glorious Bastard of the Week. Then we will take a break and try to flush the memory of that horrible thing. Uh, not, not... <laughs> I just picked up another copy of the same pic. Oh, wow! I just saw it by accident. Oh. It's so much worse in color, though. Oh, I saw it in color for just like half a second, and I've decided to... Yeah, I don't need, ever need to see that again. All right, here's Tim Riley. Reality television shows may have an unhealthy effect on real life. Two Montreal psychiatrists have discovered some people suffer from the delusion they're part of their own reality television show. Really? No one they suffers from... They call it the Truman Show Delusion. Uh, three to five patients treated at New York's Bellevue Hospital cited the Truman Show in uh, talking about their problems. Canada's National Post reports the patients were all white men between the ages of 25 and 34. Most have held uh, college degrees. The movie impacted patients in ways other movies haven't. Dr. Ian Gould thinks the pressure of living in a wired world can bring out an unstable side in the most vulnerable of people. His brother, Dr. Joel Gould, says uh, little is known about the delusions, which are a common trait of schizophrenia. By the way, I had several thoughts as we were doing this. A, it's sort of weird because I guess if you were like, like some stoned out college student, mm-hmm. you would really go, but really, in a way, we are like are the stars of our own reality. Like we're all, like each of us is a show, but then like each of us is the audience for everybody else's show. So it's like really, like just like here in America, there's like 280 million like reality shows, but then like there's like 279 a million and nine hundred ninety-nine thousand and nine hundred ninety-nine people like watching each of those. Is this like the shows. summer of love? That's but I people mean, can't at black light posters. <laughs> 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 Listening to Emerson Lincoln Potter. <laughs> can you put on Tarkus? Uh, <laughs> secondly, uh, I don't even know what my second point was. Wait, wait, wait. No, wait, no. Oh, can't you? It's time for uh, some uh, idiot DJ to do then a song parody, uh, the Cat Stevens song "Wild World," but blah blah blah, baby, baby, it's a wired world, and it would all be about like I've got all these email addresses and a BlackBerry. What do I do? Wah, wah, wah. Baby, baby, it's a wired world. Wild world. Baby, baby, to Greetings and salutations, Eric Ames. Ripcord. <laughs> yeah. You are being addressed at this moment because you, yes, you, have been selected as the AM970 Glorious Bastard of the Week. With all the rights and privileges that entails. In addition to the envy of your fellow man, you'll receive a bountiful cornucopia of swag from the AM970 pile of crap, including Season 1 of Mad Men on DVD. It's a righteous collection, by the way. I've seen it. Uh, You've also won the wonderful knowledge that for at least this one week, you are a little bit better than everyone else. Enjoy your newly elevated status, and don't hesitate to lord it over the less fortunate. Thank you for listening, Eric Ames. You are the Glorious Bastard of the Week. Become a Glorious Bastard at 970.am. More around the corner. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. I tried to put together the top five hooker songs for today, and then I realized, what the hell does that even mean? And then and then I just gave up. Because all I came up with is Private Dancer. 
by uh, Tina Turner. And that's not even Hooker. And it's that's my a reunion day. But and it's your reunion day. Horrible 90s music. Uh, so we have a whole week to put that together. The top five prostitute-oriented songs. But I, uh, I had nothing. Uh, all right. Just a, just a scotch here. Uh, we'll welcome uh, Richie Bristol to the studio if he's not busy sleeping. And he will talk about his trip to Nevada, which is happening this weekend. Uh, let's see. We'll do Sarah Dillon's top five prom slow dance songs. Uh, from uh, the obvious when she was going to high school because she got the reunion this weekend. Aaron Duran will be here. Woo. Jesus. That doesn't even seem possible. Tim, in 1998, so you graduated and went June of 98? Uh-huh. You were probably already here in Portland, Tim. Yes. When, when did you start work at KOTK? August, but before that, I was at a small radio station beginning after Easter Jesus. in McMinnville, which was quite the adventure. And so when you were graduated from high school, Sarah, I was between jobs in California, mm-hmm. but only Ju- July, August, but I was only four months away from coming here. I started so. here August 17th God. of 1998. All right. Well, there you- so let me just wait. Hold on a second. So that means that... So that means that we were both starting in Portland Radio mm-hmm. at KOTK as Sarah was start just starting college. Yeah. <laughs> oh, kill me. Uh, oh, that's not so bad. Oh, starting college with Christina Carlson. God. Just a weird life. It is. Just, this world is just freakish. And she threw it all away. <laughs> For a baby. I wonder, has she had a baby? I don't know. But I'm th- sure she's had several. But babies. see, that was, wasn't that the thing that we just figured she had and then it became true in our heads? Yeah. Like we just, well, I don't know, you, you're the queen of my space. You should look her up. You know she has a MySpace page. What else is she doing? Sitting around? <laughs> what, is she, what else is she doing? Going back to college to make something of herself? <laughs> I mean, wiping I, the drool off her arms. I'm sorry. Was that out loud? I don't mean to sound embittered. Uh, so, anywho, uh, I, I just, it seems like when you move to, what is it, Bend? Yes. When you move to Bend uh, to live with your uh, preacher husband, uh, it, it seems like maybe that is uh Was he a preacher? Yeah, he runs a Christian youth ministry, like they all do. Uh, so, what, I mean, That's as they, when you, you can't find anything to do with your life. No. <laughs> you, you start <laughs> preaching the gospel. Like, <laughs> or becoming a consultant. Yeah. That's like, uh, but as they say in Paris Bueller's Day Off, that is a one-way ticket to nowhere. Uh, all right, in the, the Ministry of Truth, here's Tim Riley. And now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. The naked Kennewick man has pled not guilty. This is that bizarre case where a man's accused of walking around a hotel naked, and then the desk clerk gives him a room so he can masturbate in front of the window for everyone to see in downtown Kennewick. Oh, my ears. Wait, in Kennewick? Yeah. I missed that part. Now, what hotel is this? Uh, this is the Days Inn of Kennewick. Oh, thank God. That's Edward not where I'm Mendoza saying. Went into the hotel lobby naked, so they gave him a room. Now, pardon me. Asked. I need a place to take this, uh, my penis. Where should I go? Then he's accused of touching himself in the hotel back balcony in front of all the townspeople. The 28- in front of all the townspeople. The, the 28-year-old is accused of possessing cocaine for the purpose of sexual gratification. I didn't even... Who even knew that was a crime? Must be in Kennewick. The 28-year-old was found uh, hiding out in the exercise room of the hotel and had white powdery substance in his room. By the way, that's an exercise room that is never used. That's in Kennewick. I can just imagine. That's an exercise room. You go in there, everything's still covered in plastic draping. Mm -hmm. There's nothing Uh, there that ever gets used by anybody. I don't even know where the day's in. Kennewick exercise room. (laughs) I mean, just the whole notion strikes me as silly. I mean, what is the point of that? Um... So, <laughs> Jesus, well, this is a good time to mention, yes, so my wife and I uh, are going to be going to, to Kennewick uh, uh, tomorrow. Uh, let me just, give me just one second here. Let me finish this.
so my wife and I, big, big, uh, big weekend. So uh, DJ Shadow tonight, by the way. Uh, DJ Shadow and Cut Chemist uh, at Roseland. And then, um, so tomorrow my wife and I are going to, uh, going to the Metropolis. That is, that is Kennewick. Oh. oh, tonight you're driving there? No, tomorrow morning. Okay. Uh, so that's tomorrow. Uh, I don't even know where the days in is because it's like, you know, I go to, I go to Kennewick very occasionally. I really only only when I when like a family guilt well, kicks in. Let me see in. if I can find you a room. <laughs> oh, we Sit there offering any oh, deals. We, we've we've already got a room. We've already got a room in what they claim was near the thriving midtown center of Kennewick, which is a lie on like every level. Um, we will be staying. Uh, we'll be staying near the Kennewick Mall. Uh, that was like the big selling point of this hotel we're at. Is that it's I say being vague as though anybody's going to be tracking me down in Kennewick. Uh, but they're like, it's only three blocks from the from the Columbia Center Mall, the heart of Kennewick's business district. So, anyway. All right. Well, there you go. So, uh, I guess they still have some rooms available. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is surprising, actually, because this weekend is the hydroplane races, the water follies, as they're called. The Kennewick Days Inn is located at 2811 West 2nd Street in Kennewick. 2811 West 2nd Street. It has Street. three reviews. Rude, unprofessional manager. <laughs> <laughs> I booked I booked two rooms last summer for a family wedding. We had driven five mo- hours and were tired, but the rooms weren't ready. My 85-year-old mom had to wait an hour before we returned. Still, the rooms weren't ready. My mom sat in the car for 30 minutes in 100-degree weather before the check-in was finished. <laughs> I'm not laughing at that, by Why the way. Why did they wait in the lobby? Seriously, I'm not laughing at the fact that the, that the mother was left in the car, but as Sarah just noted, presumably the car has doors. You can get her old bones out and roll her into the uh, to the lobby. Well, the next morning I was informed by the maids that they didn't make the bed and we, oh, we pay for two nights. We had separate booking numbers. Uh, it would have settled this mix-up promptly, but I was left to uh, decorate. Oh, she had to leave to decorate for the wedding. The mom was kicked out of the room and the belongings were packed in a cart. Oh, God. Mom had to sit in the lobby with the cart for three hours. I was furious. And uh, the manager screamed at me in public. No apology or anything. Jesus. I stayed at other days in before but never encountered this problem. The manager screamed at her? It is kind of wicked. By the way, I'm looking here. The per capita income for the city is $20,000. So there you go. Hey, that's and that's nothing with, to sneeze with four at. family members working. What's that? Is that with four family members? <laughs> that's, the, that's the combined income of everybody, of all 45 people who live in the house. Famous residents, Rick Emerson. <laughs> I swear to God it says that. Wow. Jesus. From Kennewick? Wikipedia. Famous residents, Rick Emerson. No how, way. How, how sad. I, I swear to you'll have to trust me when I say that I did not do that. I'm first. They list me as the first. I'm the most notable person listed as I mean, from Kennewick. That's just stupid. God. Somebody else from Kennewick? Sharon Tate. Hmm. I'm just saying, draw your own conclusions. You know they, who they don't list here? Let's see. Famous residents. Rick, Rick Emerson. Uh, Jeremy Bonderman, Major League Baseball pitcher. Oh. Damon Lusk, NASCAR driver. Uh, NFL guy Ray Mansfield, Sharon Tate, Danica Stewart, uh, who's on Passions, uh, Joseph Santos, Adam, blah, blah, blah. Lots of, look at this. I mean, we've got uh, Major League Baseball player, NASCAR driver, foot, uh, NFL player, um, gold medalist in, listen to this, gold medalist in national yo-yo tricking. Awesome. Uh, and a nose tackle for the St. Louis Rams, NFL defensive tackle, like a bunch of NFL players. Uh, and then you know me and Sharon Tate. They have not put Terrence Knox though, who starred in the uh, in the eighties uh, drama Saint Elsewhere. He's from there as well. Mm. Uh, yes. Apparently, by the way, listen to this. This is sad. This is a Wikipedia entry for country uh, for uh, Kennewick. Um, 
Kennewick aspired to become the slurpy capital of the world in 2008. <laughs> well, the year's not over yet. Exactly. A, a title which has been held by Winnipeg, Canada for the last eight years. Don Mariotto, who owns the only 7-Eleven in Kennewick. Boy, that's a sad changing of the guard right there. When I was a boy, there were 7-Elevens on every corner in Kennewick. One of the things that made it great. Said, my customers love Slurpees. So I said to myself, move over, Manitoba. Kennewick is king. Oh, God. Mariotto, Mariotto declared Kennewick the Slurpee capital of the world in July 2008. So it must have just happened. However, Sheila Calder, a 7-Eleven spokeswoman, said, Winnipeg still has the title for ninth consecutive year. Uh, on, two, on July 11, 2008, the convenience store chain handed Winnipeg the award for being the market with the highest annual sales and consumption of the drinks on the planet. Um, let's see. Can, so Kennewick is 100 cup sales behind Winnipeg. Well, there you go. All right, here's Tim Riley. Good God, I wonder how hot Bremerton sounds like hell when I'm reading it Bremerton right now. Bremerton is hell. I know, it's, it's talking about, in recent years, Bremerton has seen its share of community setbacks. <laughs> Bremerton was not immune to the influx of street gangs, methamphetamine, and violent crime. Good for you. Many incidents. Oh, it is pretty scary. You like, don't need to go to a big city to get those things anymore, Sarah. Dude, West Bremerton, um, yeah, there are shootings there like every night, and that's where all the bars are that all of us will go to. Yay. Um, I'm, trying to uh, I'm trying to find the, the weather. Let's see. I'm trying to see exactly how hot it's going to be. All right, here's Tim Riley. This is my pot up. Let's listen to the Madman trailer. Oh, is this the trailer for season two of Mad Men? Mm-hmm, he sure right. is. Here okay. we go. Excellent. Madman, the most critically acclaimed series on television, is back. They can't do what we do. They hate us for it. TV Guide calls Madman a must-see this summer. That's a nice thing to say. Number one on our list of great shows to watch, writes Entertainment Weekly. You have to see this. Whatever they're pitching, I'm buying. Time Magazine. Checked out. That's it. The Golden Globe winner for Best Drama and Best Actor returns. Madman, Sunday nights at 10, premieres July 27th. Oh, that's so cool. See. Uh, okay, so that's Sunday night. You have no excuse not to watch. That is fantastic. Oh, by the way, this just in. It's not that hot. It's only 94 degrees in Kennewick right now. So that's that's good. That's Well, at least it's a dry heat. Here's Tim Riley. Mariah Carey is planning on making her upcoming tour elaborate. She recently, uh, the recently wed singer, tells MTV she's looking to kick off the tour to promote E equals MC Square in November, but it could be even later than that. She said, quote, please don't hold me accountable if it turns out to be December 5th or 7th or January 18th. Mariah doesn't know yet what the look of the tour will be and says it'll be elaborate. It's good to see she's in the loop on these Who things. Who sees Mariah Carey concerts anymore? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't really know the answer to that. Uh, girls? But, I mean, I wouldn't think that little girls would be... Is it maybe, uh, like, late 20s girls? Is it? Let's be honest. Is it Sarah Wagner? I would hope not. No, Sarah Wagner's not one of those girls. Have you seen her CD collection? No. Go up and look through her CD collection at her desk one of these days. Carrie is set to perform at the Teen Choice Awards in August and at the Fashion Rocks concert in September. Excellent. Let's uh, do a uh, Geek Watch. Here's your Geek Watch for Friday on the Rick Emerson Show. This high-speed modem is intolerably slow. I'm going to get my picture taken at the at the day's end where the guy was touching himself while high. I'm going to get mine next to the Bremerton home of the whaling days. There is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no goddamn shit. You got it? There it is. So rumor has it that the MacBook Touch is in the works. Apparently, uh, many diehard uh, Apple fans say they're excited about the prospect of a touch screen anything from Mac. 
I would buy it in a heartbeat. Can I just tell you, Same that one. right there is the Apple consumer in a nutshell. I'm excited by the anything. Mm-hmm. You know, the I anything expected, the I whatever it is expected to be a huge seller next year. It's not so much a fad as a reality. The product is simply better and more people are discovering that fact. Mm-hmm. So the rumor of the MacBook Touch appeared on the blog on McDaily News by an anonymous tipster. Uh, think MacBook screen possibly a bit smaller in glass with iPhone-like, but featuring <laughs> multi-touch. Gesture library, full Mac OS X, the tipster wrote. Look at Banner, Michael. Robocop. Apparently, they're going to remake it. <laughs> like a one-word story. <laughs> I have one word for you, Benjamin. That word is Robocop. Uh, MGM is set to remake Robocop. Yeah. Variety reports MGM has fast-tracked Robocop for 2010 release, and the film will become the first possible tentpole for the studio since Mary Parrott took charge in March. She, she's a woman. Uh, Phoenix Pictures' Mike Madowski, who helped with the original Robocop, some 21. Robocop is 21 years old. Yes, it is. He's to produce a new uh, film with Arnold Messer, Brad Fisher, and David Twaddles. <laughs> <laughs> what does David do when he's bored? I don't know. The original Robocop uh, followed a fatally wounded cop who was transformed into a cyber cop and helped put down uh, crime in Detroit. Little has changed in Detroit since then. The film spawned two big screen sequels, four television series, and two comic book adaptations. Wait, there was a, there was a Robocop TV series? I guess so. That's what it says. Well, this is a terrible idea. It's only good because of the word David twaddles. That's like a that's like a Karnak the Magnificent kind of a thing. What David does at slack moments during the day. Um, I just held the paper up to my forehead as like a visual aid, even though no one can see it. Uh, does it say who's? It's just a dumb idea. RoboCop two was bad. RoboCop three was awful. Bad idea. Uh, RoboCop the original is still great though because it was already because it's not set in present day. Regardless, it's set in the future, so it's not like it's dated somehow. Mm-hmm. Do they say who's going to be directing it? I'm looking here. It's not David. Aaron Aronofsky. Really? Yes. Oh, well, that makes me feel better about things. Darren Aronofsky did uh, Requiem for a Dream mm-hmm. uh, and Pi and uh, what's that? The Fountain or whatever that movie is that came out. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's not. That might be an interesting direction. Well, that's not like the worst thing I've ever heard. If they have to remake it. All right. Well. See, do you feel better now? A little bit better. Well, it wasn't a total waste of time. Was that the end of the Geek Watch? It is. There's your <coughs> Geek Watch. My grandfather's hammer. By the sons of Warvan, I shall avenge you. Next. Ooh, loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous uh, mix. Uh, a more here, and we'll uh, take a break and talk to Richie Bristol about whores. A Queens woman said there was more than apple inside her McDonald's apple pie. The 25-year-old says she found a Tampon. S- screw oh. inside the dessert this week. Julissa Caba bought lunch for her son, niece, and nephew at McDonald's and said uh, she's not happy that the kids swallowed it. She called the police immediately and was told to call the health department. How did she know that he, he swallowed a screw? And why did she tell him not to spit it out? The woman tells the newspaper uh, she couldn't get through to the health department. Why don't you go to the hospital? The restaurant will get a full sanitary inspection, and health officials say investigators will look into the source of the screw. I don't know who did swallow the screw. So the I was pr- thinking that, too. Mm, trying to find a way to make it run. So anyway, well, the screw might have been clean, so I don't see why they call the sanitary department in. It's just a screw in a pie. <laughs> and what it doesn't hurt says Jason Biggs. About a dozen churchgoers <laughs> watched the people being mounted on top of a newly constructed building in southwest Oki City. They were killed when the crane collapsed right on top of them. Oh. Wow. What? This is the newly constructed South Point Church. 
As... Wait, I missed the killing part. I was just laughing that this bike called Oki City. Right. Well, a dozen churchgoers are watching a steeple being mounted on top of their newly constructed church when the crane collapsed on top of them and killed them. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, that's ironic. Jesus. Yeah, they would have been better off having a pie with a screw in it. Officials with the U.S. Department of Labor at OSHA are investigating. So let me understand. Wait, hold on. So they're at the church. First of all, is OK City an abbreviation or a nickname? Or OKC. OKC. Okay, oh, Oklahoma City. Yes. Okay, when you said, oh, I thought that there was literally a place called, like, O-K-I-E, City. No, like, I've heard it referred to as Oki City in plenty of country songs. That's what I, let's see, I was thinking Oki from Muskogee mm-hmm. when you were doing and that. And there are others, too. All right, so these church-going folk are there to watch a what being erected? A cross, a steeple. This is the church, this is the steeple. Here you comes can... the crane. It crushed those people. That's Tim Riley who did that, by the way. No, it just came to mind. I wasn't... That is the CBS News Department that completed that rhyme. I didn't do that. Isn't it time to do something else? I've got, I've got, I've got something caught in my throat. Okay, well that happens. Are we breaking or are we going through? Let's do something different. They probably didn't even have time to pray. I mean, that uh, that seems like that, that that's probably okay. No, but I'm saying it seems like I'm just making an observation because who knows when one of us might find ourselves in a similar scenario. Yes. There's a crane not too far from here. Let's take a break. We'll come back with Richie Bristol around the corner. Aaron Duran from GeekInTheCity.com will be joining us. Uh, let's see what else. Top five slow dance prom songs from Sarah Dillon's high school uh, days. Uh, let's see. What else? Is that it? Do we have something else? That's enough. That it really is it enough. Really and is. more news from Tim Riley. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. I don't even know what some of these calls are about. Uh, hello, Richie Bristol. Can you uh, join us in the studio, please? <laughs> I can't even understand him anymore. I think he's just leaning into the into the microphone and then just sort of slurring out a bunch of random syllables. Yeah, he doesn't really make much sense. Uh, it is, uh, let's see here. Um, hey, look at this. Did you see the thing from Susan Reynolds? Yes, yes, I did. The 2008 R&R Industry Achievement Award nominations were announced today. Congratulations to the KUFO Programming Department, nominated in the following categories. Uh, Rock Station of the Year, KUFO. Uh, Rock Operations Manager slash Program Director of the Year, nominated Chris Paddock. Uh, and then nominated for Rock Music Director of the Year, Dan Bozick. Bozick, Bozick. Excellent. Congratulations. Yay, Bozick. All right, there you go. Good to see our fellow uh, CBS employees and uh, radio professionals doing well. Excellent. Hello, Richie Bristol. How are you today? Dang, this is loud. Uh, yeah, that's Tim. He's deaf. Ugh. This is Tim. He's deaf. <laughs> he is deaf. All right. Um, okay. All right. You look a little unsteady on your feet today. Well, I'm trying to change my head clock for Vegas uh, graveyard. Mm-hmm. You know, sleep all 
day and so you've been you've been prepping you've been trying to adjust your body clock. yeah but then last night this morning whatever you want to call it uh I remembered I had to be up at 6.30 to go out to PIR. Oh, that's right. You had to go in the pace car this morning. So how was that? Ah, uh, great. Was it cool? Was it terrifying? Yeah. How, how fast did you go? Uh, over 120-something. Jeez. That's pretty. Now, is there audio, video? Yeah, there's... I'm trying to remember what I did. And there's some... Yeah. But, I mean, is there is there is there video of it? Yeah. They stopped... Like, I had the camera, and I put it out the window... And then I heard we heard it over the intercom like they announced nothing outside of the car. Yeah, yeah. So stopped us, and the race lady came over and said, "You can't have anything on the." No, oh, and I think Richie. well because spe- yeah because I mean uh, at, at certain speeds like if you put your arm at the window like it'll snap your arm yeah, off. Yeah, some things that aren't just not worth it. Like yeah. that's why they, like on the Japanese bullet train and all that like those windows are sealed like you put your hand off, snap it like clean off at the stump. Yeah, yeah you don't want that. So okay, well but that will be posted at nine seventy dot a.m. Yes. Yeah. All right, excellent. Uh, so you did. Yeah, you don't look good. I'm is it just? Is I it look just, a lot better than I feel. I'm is it just fatigue? I mean, is it just? I mean, yeah. I mean, your general. You don't make yourself that. sick while you know you're trying to accommodate to the. Seriously, schedule. I'm prepping. All right, so I'll get myself ready. All right, so you are going to Las Vegas. Oh, by the way, we should say that. Uh, let's see. Do I have the new sounder? Wait, hold on a second. Um, I think I have the new. Oh, and I apologize. I might. I might have saved it. Uh, I might have saved it to my to my folder upstairs, but not down here. Um, Aaron uh, sent me a new sounder with which to introduce him, and I don't think I brought it down yet. All right, we'll have it for next time. Uh, Aaron Geek in the City, Duran. Hello, sir. Hello. Hey, congratulations on your victory. Yeah, Thank you very much. Well, Lamb Week, cool. uh, best blog that isn't a waste Woo-hoo. of time, geekinthecity.com. That's, That's right. You. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, all right. So, uh, okay, so you, so you, they put you in the pace car, Richie, this morning. And uh-huh. then how many laps around the track did you do? Two. Well, the second one, we went off the track. We went actually to... Did a cookie, I guess. Was that freaky? Did you feel like you were going to die? A cookie at 90 miles an hour is pretty freaky. Is a cookie like a donut? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like... Plus, it's a Miata. A Miata. And I'm a 200-pound dude. Yeah, you're a large man. Yeah, I didn't fit in it. I could feel the, you know, the roll bar up against me. It's like you hear those stories about how... um, about how Biggie Smalls used to drive a Datsun P210. <laughs> You're just like, dude, I can't see it. Uh, all right, so uh, okay, so uh, there will be a video of this, I guess, put up. Um, but did you put they put a helmet on you and the whole deal? Yeah, I'm pretty big, I guess, compared to race car drivers, I guess. Yeah, well, you got to because it's all it's all like protective gear, and then they like slot those guys like right in there. Well, and they don't so, want lots of weight. They want as little weight in the car. That's true. As that's like being a jockey, I guess, maybe a little bit because they want yeah they want you to a little drag on the on the car. Yeah. So yeah, so I didn't really fit in the car, so they had to push me. Just wedging him in. <laughs> I went the wrong way, head first. No, 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 put your butt in first, and then, and then they had that little uh, net that's on the side. Yeah, put a little gap over there so I could flip the other drivers off. Good for you. <laughs> way to represent CBS. Thanks so much. Because, I appreciate well, they have it. Ga- why did why, why did you get to do this? Well, because they they have signals, and I'm like, well, I don't know any of these signals, so I'll just flip them off. But. Hmm. I hope you were wearing, like, station laminate when you did that. Hey, I work for CBS. Arr, middle finger. Yeah, but uh, I guess they said it happens a lot, so we're like... Good. Well, we'll get video of that uh, posted on the on the website. All right, let's talk about your, your trip to Vegas. So you are leaving tomorrow? No. Leaving Sunday? Yes. Leaving Sunday, uh, and you're coming back next weekend? Yeah. All right. Uh, when is your trip to Sherry's Ranch? Uh, Thursday. I'm um, still negotiating times because I had it set for 11 o'clock, but I guess uh, Strawberry Camp 
She has something else. This is the girl Pretend Ariel. She had a different time. Yeah, because you've already paid your nine hundred bucks. Right. Now what? If, now if she bails, if like if they just said, look, what's well, not going to work? Do, do like in other words, is that nine hundred dollars gone regardless? But uh, you know, I predetermined that. I said that my whole thing is centered around redheads, so things. I mean, I. So that's a deal breaker. So it's will you? A deal breaker. If they know if, that. So the, well, but so if the redhead can't do it, like, do you get your money back, or do you only get? Her portion of the money back. No, I have to spend it on some whore. Oh, so you? Uh, oh, so, so it's like, like you get store. Whore. I'm sorry, sir. We don't give cash refunds. Only store credit. Yeah. So that's totally the deal. You'll, they'll give yeah. you credit towards a third girl. Well, that's yeah. crap. Well, that so totally I mean, so you, sucks. So you schedule these girls, and if none of them are there, which they might not be, because maybe these are like fake pictures, you Completely. never know, and they could just be full of, you know, that place. Could no, be it's going to happen. I mean, <laughs> I've been thinking about it and going through scenarios in my head what I'll do with three chicks, and. Please don't share those now. Would you eventually just kind of give up and say, screw it, you, you, and you, let's go? I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, if you get down to that, it's not like they can issue a gift card in return. No. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, yeah, no. it's like you're not, you don't live there, so you can't go back right away. No, no, I'm picky. I mean, you go to buy a car or something, you're not going to, you know, you test drive it, and you're like, yeah, this is You don't get the test drive. But you're really just buying the test drive. Well, you look at it. That's your test drive. Like, now, do you just get to, <laughs> well, to be sort of tricky about this, but I, 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 when they bring the girls in, when you are, so wait, you're sitting there in the lobby, and, let me, and please let me clarify something. I, I think you're forgetting. Have you done this before? Have you been with a paid lady before? No. Okay. Not well, kind of. What does that kinda. mean? I mean, I went to get a massage in it. Oh, yeah. that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. And no, your no, grandmother no, no. or whatever one. stepped in? A different in? one. All right. A different one. That doesn't really count, though. This one had a happy ending. This was New York. <laughs> I, I got a masseuse, and I had a happy ending. That was, that, that was about as far as that one went. All right. Really? And uh, there was another time that... Never mind. Have, let me let's just get to the bottom line. Have you illegally patronized hookers? No, no. You have. You just admitted. That, never well, mind. That never was mind. Never mind. All right. Illegally well, right. Did well, you have right. to pay you know, extra? Whatever. Yeah, it, twenty bucks. That's a hooker. <laughs> twenty bucks extra. Twenty dollars. Well, that was without a prophylactic. Never mind. It was ten dollars with one. Twenty dollars more <laughs> without a prophylactic. Okay. I took the twenty, of course. Of course. I was wondering if there was a, more of an upgrade after that, but it wasn't. So you paid extra to have unprotected sex with a prostitute. What a deal. No. <laughs> no, he just got, no, he got. No. I know. I understand. Okay. So oh, right, let's, let's not. Let's she just. Uh, 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 yes, that, stop, okay. We all understand. Well, then that also happened at that skanky strip club down the street, too, right? Yeah, that's kind of what happened. That, okay. All right. Well, let's. Okay. So when you go to the to the, to Sherry's ranch, uh-huh. um, do they they bring the girls in and you sort of sit on the sofa or whatever and you go like number five, number two. Do you get to see them undressed? Or, or do you only get to see them dressed? Because it seems like even if they're dressed sort of in a revealing fashion, that can still that can that can cover a multitude of sins. Yeah, I mean uh, they can take off the clothes and it's a whole different story. You mm. can always turn one away, I guess. When you get her up to the room, yeah, you should do that just to see if she'll cry. Just like <laughs> get her up there, and as soon as she takes off her clothes, go, oh god, no, no, bitches leave. <gasps> oh no, <laughs> I got a penis. Get out of here. No. Wow. In my. <laughs> in, uh, in my mind, the the lobby of Sherry's Ranch is is like the Price is Right, and I'm just imagining. Totally, come on down. Well, can I tell you that a long time ago, I went to, and you know, I'm not like a big, I'm not a big like strip club guy or whatever. It's just you know, I don't have any problems. It's not my deal. But when I was 18, and it's like you know, you turn 18, you're like, hey, it's legal. Why not? And so I went to a couple places. I told how I went to this the Deja Vu. Because that's where Zeppelin used to go. Yeah. Uh, and there was this there was this other place. There was this place called Miss Kitties. 
and uh, and and Miss Kitty's, and I, I'd always heard my, you know, these guys I knew were like, yeah, Miss Kitty's, that's the you want to go there, that's the real action. I'm like, all right, you know. So I go there, and it's like one of those, um, you know, you know those like um, those like peat booths or whatever, where it's like the like the uh, the curtain or whatever goes up. And the girl like dances a while, and then it's like the curtain goes back down, so you got to put in like another buck or whatever. This is like that, but the window was like as long as the room. The window was like, and it was so you'd, basically you'd walk in, the lights would go off, and there was this like it was basically a wall made out of glass. It was like a, a wall-sized window. You would walk in, the lights would go down, the curtain would go up, and then like ten girls would all come into this room on the other side of a window, and then they would all start dancing or whatever. And then and then they would step forward, like, one at a time and go, I'm Chantrell. And then, like, she'd step back and the other girl would go, like, I'm Misty. Or, and then I think then, then you were, like, supposed to pick one to go off and do, like, a pro. And can I just tell you, maybe this makes me a whatever. It was just so uh, weird and just off-putting. I'm just like, uh, I'll be right back. And I just, like, went to the car and never went back. The whole thing was just so weird. It was just, like, I felt, it just felt sleazy, like, in every well, that way. Is, that is pretty messed up. It was so bizarre. And it's like, and I think that was the last time I ever kind of went to one of those places. And that was, you know, so I, it, again, I don't really care. But at that point, I sort of figured, I'm like, this is just, it was just like a sleazy feeling. I have to say that. So maybe this is not that. But I put oh, a deposit so I can't change my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your deposit. Dope. Uh, Can't walk away from that. All right. So, but so all things being equal, this will be happening Sunday night. No, I'm no, sorry. Thursday at 11. Thursday. Thursday so will you 11. call us during the day on Thursday before? And let us know when it's all firmed up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure. Uh, no, Actually, you should have him call afterwards just to see how long it takes. Because I'd like, well, that was, see, and I'm going to ask one other question. I'm so glad you're doing, you know what, and this is why Rick loves you, because just like how Rick always wants to have listener parties on Thursday so we can talk about it on Friday, thank you for seeing your whores on Thursday. Totally, because uh -huh. then we can recap it. Otherwise, it's going to be four days later, and you're going to, like, it'll be, uh -huh. you know, the magic will be gone. Um, but you but know, will you call us Thursday? Don't, why are you reaching to unbutton your pants just now? See my belt? Okay. Whoa. Sir, I look over, and he's like, look at my, yes. Imagine that, a camera. Whoosh. I'm not a mad. That would be wrong. I don't know anything about anything. I'm. That would probably also be a really good way to get your ass beaten, left for dead, end up in a hole deserts. in the desert. Seriously. Uh, Are any of your friends riding with you in the car to see your horse? Uh, I try to talk them into it, and they're your like, friend Chug. Uh, you know what? You should really know. have one of you your. You gotta bring with somebody, you. dude. Kind of. You're gonna get pesied. Well, no. I mean, I would say that that's. I see. I would say that just the opposite. It's a licensed, regulated business. In Nevada, and Nevada makes a lot of money, I would imagine, off brothels. If you're going to some off the books place, yes, yeah. I would see. I would say just the. Well, it's like how you always hear that thing about how like the STD rate at a brothel is like whatever, like a third of the national well, whatever. The, the same with legitimate porn companies. They have like the lowest STD rate. Because you know, it's like there's so much money that they regulate it because they don't want to like kill the goose that lays the golden eggs or whatever. So it's like I would imagine. But 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 uh, that being said though, I think that's only true. Like Sarah said, if if you're following the rules, I think if they catch you like, like if you were to no. not and and not that you are this guy and and you're not, but I mean if like you get a guy in there who maybe roughs up a girl or something, I would imagine that guy is uh, thumped a couple times before they call the cops. Mm. I think when the cops come to find that guy, he's he's missing it. Yeah, I mean you guys think the bouncers in Portland strip clubs can lay down the pain? Yeah, I can't imagine what happens. In oh, a brothel uh, man, in a brothel bouncer, and you know they've got guys on. You know there are guys there all the time, Panic probably with guns everywhere. Oh yeah, you know the girls at any moment can hit a button, and there's a big guy with a gun who beats you until you are deaf. 
Great. Uh, that would be so. Yeah, I rethink the camera. Thing. Seriously, oh. I would obey all posted regulations. I bet. Did you already make some like makeshift belt buckles and make it? <laughs> Speak into my belt. Look at my hat cam. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that'll be inconspicuous. Say hi to Elvis. Uh, uh, what? What? Elvis. Oh, please tell me he's not. He, he, your member isn't named Elvis. Well, he has sideburns right now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, So we had someone email us a question that I will have to very, very much clean up for the air. Okay. But it's worth asking. And just please let me ask the question. Don't re-ask the question to me in a different way because then it's going to have to, that's going to get done. Oh, okay. You're paying $3,600. For how long do you know? Do you know? Is it like an hour? I don't know. Ballpark. I mean, what would you imagine? I mean, it, it's not forever. Like, you don't get to stay there all night. I don't think I'm going to make it two hours. Well, that's my question. So you're paying $3,600. let us assume for the sake of this discussion, $3,600, you, three girls, two hours. Uh-huh. Somebody, e- and it was a woman, by the way, who emailed me and asked, said, are you uh, going to, are you going to, we've all seen something about Mary, yes? Uh-huh. Are you going to... Prepare Ben Stiller style beforehand so as to make the most of all your time there. So that, the, so that, let me ask you this. Here's, here's the thing. Uh, sometimes, you ever do this? Sometimes like, you don't pay you attention. you have warm-up games? Kind of like, well, no, I, uh, I, I'll, be, I'll behave. Mm-hmm. Like Kenny Chesney before the, the hot dog eating contest, he goes through certain physical I was going to say this. Well, how about this? Here's another one. Sometimes you don't pay a close enough attention to the amount of gas in your car. You let the uh, you let the the gas tank get to a place where it shouldn't be, and then you're getting ready to go put gas in the car down the street, but you don't even make it out of the driveway. Um. You don't even make it out of the driveway, and suddenly you're out of gas. <laughs> you've you've used all your gas before you're even out of the driveway. That does, that does, euphemism doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I'm just doing the best I can. Uh, are you right, going so there are to warm up games and then there's the big game? Are you going to warm? Are you going to do a pre? Yeah, are you going to do an ex an, an exhibition <laughs> game? No sense. Are you going to do? And an you're ex- making hand gestures. Are, I don't understand. Are nope. you going to do? Are you going to do an exhibition game before you go play ball? No, I'm the Energizer Bunny. I don't need any of that. Now, are you nervous that you're going to get there and not be able to perform? Oh, I'll. Do it. I'm a champ. <laughs> I don't wow. want to be Timmy Ryan, but you don't even know. I can give you references. I, Wait, you may be what, Timmy Ryan? I, I don't want to sound like Timmy Ryan, but... Oh, well, that's... You you're have never... girls that we could call, and they could say you're an Energizer bunny? Yeah, I can right. last... Do they, work at, do they work could, at Clear Channel? I could last longer than a girl. <laughs> that's really... That's a bold statement. I do the splits. There's a reason for that. <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> that makes no sense at all. Oh, yeah. I'm more flexible than most women. Also, maybe you're thinking of a different question yeah, than we're asking. I <laughs> no, this is a question of flexibility. Oh, okay. But you're saying you uh Wait a minute, what do you think's gonna happen? You're saying that you have stamina. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And not only that, I gone through my head of the you know, I'm uh I have you a, planned it hour, out. the first hour already prepped out. You've I'm got a, you've got a blue, you've got like my show matrix written here. You've right. got you've got it all. You've got the clock for yeah. the hour. Yeah. It's, <laughs> on his, it's written on his forearm as he goes in. Eleven oh five. Unsnapping bra. Start barking. <laughs> Something tells me there's going to be a lot of... Um... Richie, I want you to no. please to be Mail getting like us the phone cat. number of one of the girls that will vouch for you. All right. Okay. Is it Clear Channel Girl? Oh, no. Did you but, sleep with her? Yeah. I don't know. No. Let's, uh, yeah. 
Oh, are we not supposed to? Well, I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> Richie doesn't have a filter, so we have to be the filter for him. <laughs> I know, and I'm not doing the best job. Like poking. Batting practice. That's what somebody's calling here. Batting oh. practice. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. I want... Uh, okay. Yeah. No, I'm going to... Never mind. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to take a break? Boy, do I ever. Let's take a break here. We'll come back. Aaron Duran. We'll do the top five. Aaron Duran's uh, amazed he didn't get dumped either in this whole segment. It's all relative. He's drawing all, yeah. all the fire right now. He's the chaff. Back after this. Don't go anywhere. Why, hello. Thank you for coming by. Don't forget to go to 970.am uh, and enter the AM970 Birth of a Salesman contest. You go to 970.am, scroll down to his heard on the Rick Emerson Show uh, section, yeah, click on the Birth of a Salesman logo, tell us in 100 words or less why you want to join the AM970 sales team. Uh, some of those folks uh, get telephone conversations, five folks get grilled mercilessly in the studio, and then uh, the grand prize, uh, three get 15 minutes uh, one-on-one uh, with the AM970 general sales manager, at which point you try to close him on the job. Third prize is you get nothing. Ladies and gentlemen at the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. And now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. So it's the 21st annual Oregon Brewers Festival that's going on at the waterfront. It's going on all weekend long. I guess they're drinking beer there and carrying on and whatnot. Want to look down on the rich and famous? Yes. Want to see the sunrise over Queens? For those going to New York, you better listen up here. You can now fly over Manhattan in a balloon, up, up, and away. Yes, as of today, a private company begins offering rides over the 843-acre Central Park. It's $25 for adults, seventeen fifty for the kids. Uh, so you ride in one of these wicker baskets that, that we've all ridden in. Kind of terrifying. Mm. It is. I've done it before. Really? No, that's right. You did the balloon <laughs> thing. With that's Kara. right. I did not. It just seems like it would... Fr- I don't think I have a fear of heights, but might might give me one. Uh, you don't know till you get up there. <laughs> also, and then it's too late. You must conquer it. <laughs> Facing your fear Nietzsche style. Well, this is a panorama of uh, posh hotels and high-rise apartments bordering the park. Not to mention celebrities walking their dogs. I almost Wouldn't you be tempted to spit on one? This is the 150th anniversary of Central Park. I almost, I would be tempted to do it only so I could, it'd be like recreating in a live action sense the opening sequence to West Side Story, where it's just like the big shot over the city looking down the buildings. So the FAA, responsible for the air traffic in the area, permits balloons no higher than 500 feet. So I, I guess for some reason they can fly over New York. All right. So have a good time if you're going there. I think it's time to do the top five. Let's do the top five, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Five, four, three... Two, one, fire. That microphone does pick up the rustling of paper exceptionally well. Well, that's the last rustling you're doing today. No, no, no. I think I like it. It adds to the ambience of the newsroom. I like it, too. <laughs> Russell. Counting is happiness. Counting is ecstasy. I love to count, don't you? All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's Tim Riley with today's top five. And as Sarah Dilly gets ready for her 10-year high school reunion tomorrow night, she has put together a top five of these, her top five slow dance songs from her high wow. school prom <laughs> in the year of 1998. <laughs> Jesus. 
Uh-huh. Honorable mention going to Chumba Woomba. This is not a slow dance song. Uh, done by uh, dump sucking or tump dumping. Or this is an like awesome song. Oh, the name I love of the band. Song. Did you say dump sucking? Uh, that doesn't even mean anything. Honestly, this song was like the soundtrack of my high school experience. Every party we'd go to, everyone would be drunk and like dancing around to this song. I, uh, I, I would. Yeah, I would rather not actually. I would that well, seems you don't, like, you don't like the song? No, I I'm not entirely certain that that that, that is that in America that that is that you can do that. that I'm not a, I'm not entirely certain you can. Cuz I think that may be I think that may be a over there, over here kind of thing at this point. But this is the, okay. But this is the from the MTV video. Mm, MTV is a cable network. MTV is not a broadcast network. Can we get someone on the phone? Well, let's right just now. Think, let's do it. Right, just, we yeah. played it on the show. Get Don on the phone. Whatever okay. get those pictures, <laughs> I was <laughs> Whatever. Let's move on. I'm sorry. Let's move on. Here's number five. I found Mitchell Bigford's brother. <laughs> oh, dude, that's no good. Man, on me. He shot his lawnmower because it wouldn't start. Good for him. Good for him. Well done. So this is number five, the Spice Girls, To Become One, yeah. on our hit parade. Yes, this is a terrible song. And this is after they've been out for good. Anyone else want to talk about the Spice Girls? Me. I love this. Okay. This is the one. Yeah, this is a great song. Yeah, no, this, this is the one where they're in Manhattan. Yeah, and it has like a weird cityscape in the background. I just remember, yeah, this was a terribly bad period of music, and they would play all these horrible songs back to back, and you're excited to dance to them, and no. Is this where Baby Spice is standing in the intersection and there's a deer on the other side oh, of the road? I think so. And it's like Manhattan and there's the weird, like, the uh, the lights, the cars whizzing by yeah, or whatever, and it's the headlights. So they're basically standing in front of a really yeah. bad green screen. God, it's weird to think that there was a time when the Spice Girls were, like, inheriting the earth, when they were everywhere. But this was kind of on the... Um, this is after, like, their big hit, wasn't it? No, this is the same album. This is, uh, I don't think this is off. No, this is the first one. Yeah. Spice World, this is off the first one. Yeah. Because there was Wannabe, then there was going to be that uh, that song that I, and I always forget the name of it. It's the one where they're on the salt flats. Don't call about it, because we have this conversation every time the Spice Girls come up. Where I've forgotten the name of the song. Here. Uh, say You'll Be There. Maybe it's Say You'll Be There. But it's like they're in superhero outfits on the salt flats. Oh. And then there's this one, and it's this is Baby Spice singing the lead. And there was a time, I don't think I can do it now, there was a time when I could identify any of the Spice Girls vocally. I could tell you who was singing. Who's this? Do you know who this is? I guess this is one of those times. Who is your favorite Spice Girl? Well, I think Baby Spice sings this lead baby, on this. Yeah. yeah. See, in your face, Tim Riley. So there. And then they just sort of vanished. They did Spice World, which is righteous. Uh, and they had Spice Up Your Life. I like that song. But at this point, I can't even tell you what their comeback single was. Old Spice? Man. <laughs> They're all kind of old Spice. Here's your top five. <laughs> Number four of the Backstreet Boys. Quit playing oh. games with my heart. I don't even think I really know this song. Oh, this oh yeah. Backstreet Boys ever. were everywhere in 1998, and I remember seeing my graphic design class and um, watching the video for this, and that monster, uh, Backstreet's Back All Right, I remember we were able to watch um, like videos and stuff in my class, and it was just Backstreet Boys, Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys. I see. Is Aaron Dan- 
Beach. Are you just dancing with no. Backstreet Boys? No. You were totally dancing. <laughs> Can I tell you this? I have a little sister. I can't help, but I, I heard this all the time. So here's the confluence between number uh, five and number four. When I went to see the Spice Girls in concert at the Coors Amphitheater in San Diego, the house music they were playing beforehand was the Backstreet Boys. It was that Backstreet Spat, Backstreet, Backstreet Back, back, back All Right. And just the level of the girls in the audience singing along with the house music was louder than almost any any crowd I've ever been in. I mean, just for listening to Backstreet Boys over the PA before the show, uh, it was unbelievably loud. Yeah, they were huge. Huge. Well, I mean, they're, they're one of those bands. See, the thing is, they're like the new kids, though. Where them and them and sync, they got in early enough and were big enough that they could do a comeback. I mean, they they really got. I mean, they can probably come back two or three times. Oh yeah. Imagine. Hey, are you going to see the new kids this fall? I don't. I didn't buy a ticket. Just watching them on the Today Show, it made me so sad. Yeah. If I had to go I see Guns N' Roses okay. prance around last year, so called, you have to go see this. You have to have your childhood crush too. It can't just be me. No. Well, maybe if I can finagle a free ticket, I'll go. But I don't. I don't want to. Give well, at least money. at least her childhood band is all still together. It's true. Here's Tim <laughs> Riley. Number three, Savage Garden. Truly. Oh, wow. Deeply. Wow. I forgot all about this. They played this at funerals everywhere. You know, and this band sounds just like Roxette. Oh, Savage Garden is like this. They're like this weird sort of updated version of Roxette. Just the lead singer is just like, he just looks like someone I know I would not get along with. It'll be at your high school. You He's wearing like a pleather, like long, like rain jacket thing and a mock neck turtleneck and a pair of little spikes. I had the most surreal experience one time of being at a lesbian bar where one girl was singing this to another girl and they both looked like mechanics. I mean, it was just the weirdest, like, like a girl. And I don't even know. How, I don't even know how the song goes. But imagine this being sung by like truly madly deeply like it's good like a, like a, just a big bus driver looking woman singing it to another girl. Was Dr. Gonzo feeding you stamps and the grounds turning into spiders? No, yeah, almost. <laughs> I hated the song when it was out and I hate it even more. I'm gonna bathe with you in the sea. I want to scrub your areas in the sea. Almost done. <laughs> <laughs> get through the hook. <laughs> On the case of the top two, I specifically remember dancing to, and one of them was actually the theme from for uh, the song. But these are my two. Very Number two, Pup Daddy Feet. Oh, and oh, Sarah Evans. Oh, I'll be kill missing me, you. Kill me, kill me, kill me, kill me. I wish it was dead. Oh, oh God! Oh God! <laughs> I bought the single, and I would rock a, it in my car. Single? I, I bought it as a cassette single. I think they, <laughs> I did too. I think they gave it out to anyone who didn't buy it. I hate everyone this song. I hate this, this so song. much. I hate this so much. I know much. this whole song by heart. Still, so I'm not gonna do it. Come on, just a little bit. No, a little bit. I cannot be white. A little bit. <laughs> You're playing the song. You have to just yeah. give it just a little bit, like a couple lines. All I remember is that line about shopping for new kicks. Sarah's mouthing every word to this. I love this song. Well, do you remember? I mean, like you still love it. I do. I was listening to it this morning. It comes on the radio. You don't change the channel, do you? I've never heard it on the radio. Every time I hear the beginning of the... Um, you're uh, gypped and it's the police. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, who, would be, who would be playing this? I don't know. Maybe jamming? I don't know. No, well, they are hits and hip-hop. This is both. 
sort of. Is it? I don't know. But I remember just hating mid to late 90s hip-hop so much because it was all bad boy entertainment. It was all, Jesus, like in Mace. I remember Mace. Boy, that's a guy just big. Oh, yeah. Just mumbly mouth bastard. God, I hated that guy. And Missy Elliott. I remember that. And Missy Elliott. I mean, it was just a bunch of, I mean, it was like, and every video was like taking place inside a kaleidoscope, light, bright, shiny yeah, tube so thing. Yeah, bright and like garbage bag. Like yeah. running up to the camera like, hey, I'm in a fisheye lens. <laughs> the Missy Elliott fly mask thing she used to wear. <laughs> Look at me, I'm the worst rhymer on earth. That was like Maze. Oh, I'm sorry, Maze. I'm the worst rhymer on earth. <laughs> oh, I'm just having flashbacks of cruising in my friend Chevy Nova down Main Street. God. Yeah. I remember listening to this song on the way out to go to that party that I um, drank too much Night Train and had something to the bonfire. Between my, the summer between, yeah. Were you drunkenly, tell me you were drunkenly rapping this. Oh, I'm sure. Did you pour some out for Biggie? <laughs> <laughs> for the boys upstate, Sarah. All right. Uh... Top five songs from Sarah Dillon's prom. Jesus. And at long last. No, of course. Here's well, who can hate this? This is the theme and my song heart for my will prom. Go on. <laughs> I do love this song. Everybody loves this song. Tim? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> my boyfriend in high school, I brought him. He came, bless his heart, he came and saw this in the theater with me three times. I saw this movie three times in the theater. I like the end the best. They're <laughs> all dead. <laughs> Way to go, Tim. I like the I like the part where she lets him go. I hate that I'll never let go, Jack. Snap. Chunk. And how is it possible that they can run through water that's up to their neck? Yeah, I don't know the answer. And I think that whistle should have frozen right to her lips. I don't think it should be even... How could you... How would you even be able to use it? That's true. What? Did you just hear a noise? I think that's... I think Aaron's making random noises I'm, and pretending that he's not. No, you that one last, I was trying to make a... I, my lips are stuck in my whistle noise. So oh. I can't blow. <laughs> oh, that one. <laughs> that oldie but goodie. Everybody loves it when you do that noise, Aaron. I have nothing bad to say about this. Okay, so I was, you know, of course, obsessed with this movie at the time. Did you have a crying party? Did you put on the soundtrack and cry in your room? No, no, but I listened to the soundtrack constantly. I still have the, sound, uh, the soundtrack. But I was so loving that whole, the, the style um, to which the movie was made, like all the dresses and stuff. It had this beautiful prom dress. It was light green, and it had, like, a bodice, and it was huge and puffy on the bottom, and I wore, like, this, like, rhinestone, like, big jewelry. And it looked like a character out of that movie. You know, here's how iconic this soundtrack is. That even now, ten years later, ten years, eleven years after Titanic, uh, ninety-seven, yeah, so like eleven, 11 years yeah. later, that instrument, that pan flute or whatever it is, that Celtic kind of flute, you hear that in a in a in something even now, and you think Titanic, like in Battlestar, they use yeah. them, they use that instrument in Battlestar Galactica, and every time you hear it, you have to fight the images of Titanic on your. Or head. you have to think someone's gonna die, or they're burying. Yeah, but that's the thing is, it's always about as they're like kicking somebody's body into space. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I'm not even listening to it, and I can still hear it. <laughs> All right, back after this, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go anywhere.
Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final uh, segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, don't forget, we have uh, Like Us and Flash Friday coming up next. Michael Mara Show at 7. Uh, tomorrow, Car and Driver Radio, 6 to 9 miles around, uh, 9 to 11, and so forth. Uh, okay, in just a moment, we'll uh, talk to our good friend uh, Siegfried about a filmic happening this weekend, and we'll talk X-Files with Aaron. Let's check in uh, with Dan from PopCultureZoo.com. Who uh, and I apologize if you're on hold. I just I didn't uh, didn't see you. Uh, I didn't. I forgot you were there. Uh, live at Comic Con 2008. What's up, brother? What's going on? Uh, I'm down here uh, in San Diego Comic Con, and uh, it's uh, really really packed right now. And so what is? <laughs> so you can hear me, okay? Aaron is. Did yeah, you, we can. Aaron is is kind of way up to speed, and so is Sarah on some of the stuff that's happening there. What? So Dan, did you get to uh, sneak in and find and uh, actually watch the badass sounding Tron 2 teaser that Disney springed on people? The, uh, sorry, Sprung, the, sorry. the Tron 2 teaser that actually has the Lebowski in it. You know, uh, I did not make that one. Oh. That was killing me, too, because I, I heard that that was pretty wicked. Um, I, I, did, I just got out of the Watchmen uh, panel, though. Uh, this movie, the new Watchmen movie. What and, did they do? Uh, they, they showed us some, ex- some extended footage of that, and it looks just amazing. So have you gone to Octagon Global Recruiting yet? It's funny. You go to Octagon Global Recruiting at like 9 a.m. in the morning, and there's a line that is easily two hours long to get into that. Wow. Oh. And they're ready one person at a time, and then as people come out, they say, I'm sorry, I can't say anything. I'm sworn to secrecy. Oh, bastards. Oh. Bastards. Oh. bastards. Oh. Yeah, but Sarah, you know you would do that, too, if oh. you were down there. I wouldn't. And this is a lost yeah. thing, right? Yeah. 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 Right. But they don't even say that. Like, it's not, they don't even say that it's for lost. Yeah, because yeah, somebody came up to him and said, hey, is this for the Lost TV show? And then the people were like, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, oh, <laughs> man, such jerks. Uh, yeah, did excellent. you see a lot of people for the Twilight screening? Uh, the, the Twilight panel was packed. Twilight panel was like a New Kids on the Block concert. Yeah. <laughs> Awful. I guess, I guess hot vampires do that. I don't know. Excellent. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty, pretty packed. All right. So what's uh, one of the coolest things you've seen that you're really excited about? Uh, probably the coolest thing that I saw was uh, we got photos of it, uh, up at the site is the uh, the owl ship from the Watchmen. So they actually have cool. yeah. uh, Archimedes. They've got the full size you can kind of like look into. And, in the trailer, there's uh, a great uh, shot. It looks really faithful to the comedy. There's a great bit coming out of the harbor. Oh yeah, or whatever it's a giant it is. owl head. I mean, yeah. it's very faithful. Yeah. I've seen some of the pictures on popculturezoo.com, and they have this great sticker that's actually on the Archimedes, and it says, "Do not step into this prop, or you will be killed." <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> that is righteous. Excellent. Um, here's a dumb question. Is it just this weekend? How's, when does it go till? Uh, it goes. It started on uh, Wednesday Street and it goes through Sunday. So All we'll right. be here uh, yesterday, tomorrow, and Sunday. Very cool. And you can big, uh, big one check out pictures at popculturezoo.com, yes? Yep, absolutely. We've got uh, pictures going up as I speak. All right, my friend. Well, thank you so much for checking in. Uh, Dan from popculturezoo.com at Comic Con 2008. Travel safe, my friend. Enjoy your time there. Rock and roll. Thanks a lot. Thank guys. you, sir. Hi, Dan. Oh, that's Dan. Excellent. Wonderful. All right. All right. I have something I was going to ask about, but it's completely lost. Uh, well, let's do. Uh, well, let's do this. X Files. X Files Two. Tedious, redundant, unnecessary, and rushed. All right. Fantastic. Uh, the only decent performance is Billy Connolly as an ex-pedophile priest. As everything. The, the, yeah. He's the, always the best performance in yeah, whatever no, he's in. It, it just, There's it, nothing good about it? Nothing? No, not oh, really. I, I know Clyde and Scott kind of dug it. I, I did not. It's I, a standalone film, though. It's a standalone it? film, which I'm totally cool with, but it's, uh, it's, it's the very definition of too little, too late. Yeah. Well, and, and also, you know, part of uh, Chris Carter's contract 
uh, with getting this film made is he had to finish a script before the uh, Writers Guild strike. Oh, so and it, it kind of looks like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Amanda Pleat is like a worthless character. And she's yeah, a really and Exhibit is another friend Siegfried joining oh, us here in the studio, too. Yeah. So worthless. I mean, it's... It's sad that this is the last memory we will probably have of the X Files. Well, because certainly Duchovny and uh, and uh, and uh, uh, Julian Anderson are going to sign. Yeah, and I don't want to. They're spo- done. I don't want to spoil anything, but if you go to Ain't It Cool, I think it's Quint's review where he actually says Spoilerific. he spoils the final scene, and he's right. It's that's a real crappy a, way, a to weak say way to go out. I mean, I'll see it at some point just for the sake of pop culture. But I I was talking to Joni about this actually, and you know, there's. Uh, the X-Files had a real bell curve for the series anyway, where yeah. it started, didn't really know what it was going to be, very Monster of the Week, yeah. really found its footing and its traction, and then just fell apart at the end again. For, for me, you for know? me, the series ended with the movie. That wrapped it up, I was Right, done. right. So. Yeah, so this is, uh, so this is an, uh, an unnecessary encore. Yeah, I think so. Dark Knight's still going to pound yeah. it this week. I Go think, watch so. Batman again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm going to you know, see that a couple more it times. It finally had cool. a less than $20 million day. On a Wednesday. Really? Yeah, that was the first time it dropped below 20. Well, you know what I was saying uh, earlier today is that um, I hadn't seen Heat for several years. And I saw Dark Knight, and then immediately I wanted to see Heat again. Went back, watched Heat last night, and now having seen that, I'm going to bookend it with another with another viewing of The Dark yeah, Knight totally. because there's clearly so much stylistic similarity and whatever, and it's just, yeah. So, Siegfried, this weekend, though. Yes, um, this weekend uh, we have uh, the Grindhouse Film Festival presents a um, special screening of uh, uh, Wu Tang Shaolin versus the Wu Tang Clan, and it's a uh, old 1981 uh, Grindhouse film that uh, stars Gordon Liu, who's uh, he was in uh, Kill Bill. He was the guy with who was the uh, Pai Mei, who was the white haired white bearded guy. And right. Also, he was the dude in the um, who wore the Kato mask in the uh, that fight of the. 88s the, in the in the Kill Bill one, ah, okay. one. All right. So um, it's it's yeah a really great film. Lots of Grindhouse trailers, and we just uh, it's 7:45 at the Hollywood Theater. Um, drink a lot of booze before you go, and uh, just enjoy and have a fun time. Yeah, this is the, and I haven't I don't get to go to all of these, but the, every time I go to one of those screenings, whether it's a movie, whether it's trailers, whether it's both, it's always. It is, it is the very definition of a fun night at the movies. Yeah, I mean, those, it really is. Yeah, those, those screenings are insane, and that's an audience that loves and appreciates what they're seeing. Totally, the and that those are, I mean... And, that, and not, in that theater, And they're so too, good I mean, into it. And it's, so the, cool. it's, yeah. always, it's totally the right venue to see it, too. Yeah, it's so. really, it's, yeah, just kind of the theater's kind of falling apart, and it's yeah. just kind of it's yeah, got the, gross, and it's great. It's got the, it's the right environment. Uh, real quickly here... Uh, that Mr. Bristol's adventure? Um, How feel we in the room about this? Uh, yeah. Sorry, Jules. All right, sorry, Jules. All right. Is that oh, the Jules. leash lady? I mean, really, you're just coming right out of the gate. Well, the I voice need to give it one more shot. Is there one the more shot? The voice person? is kind of sexy. Uh, no, because like, uh, we only got like 30 seconds. Okay. Uh, Filmpeeperradio.com. The new episode is up, episode 108, where Scott reviews The X-Files, and Court and Fat would make a special guest because I was too busy being popular and partying. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Scott talked about the X Files. How snotty was that party, huh? Yeah. Oh, I hey, felt you're so it. out of place. Luckily, the absence have you flowing freely. Have you seen any of those photographs of Peter Carlin for the party? No. Where are the photographs? Oh, I'll show you later. Okay. There. Oh, there. yeah. He looks. He looks, he looks like he's having a good time. I'll just say that. Uh, all right. Uh, FilmFeverRadio.com, new episode up now. And, of course, the award-winning GeekInTheCity.com, yeah. Grindhouse Film Festival tomorrow. Tomorrow uh, at 745 at the Hollywood Theater. Excellent. Thank you, Siegfried. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, we also want to thank Cena Radio correspondent Jim Roop, who joined us earlier today. Uh, Dan from PopCultureZoo.com. And was that it? 
We, anything else today? Uh, all right, uh, Richie Bristol heads to uh, to, uh, to to Nevada yeah. and enjoy your uh, your trip uh, to Bremerton. I'll take lots of pictures of the Bremelos. All right, uh, Rick Emerson, your producer today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970, the talker in the newsroom, Jim Riley in the phones, Richie Bristol, the gatekeeper, Dave Zim, Webster's is Bridget from upstairs, director of engineering, Brian Jones, CBS Radio, Portland marketing guru, Susan Donut with me, Reynolds. Thank you for listening. Like us next, Michael Marshall at 7CO. Watch over, smoke. Bye.